Um, welcome. Uh, and uh, who are you? I'm Mark North. Uh, if I ask everyone, do you have a middle name? I do have a middle name, and it's one that you'd never guess. It's an English name, Sinjin, and it's spelled like St. John. Sinjin? Wow. Okay. Uh, I feel like there's a story there um, with that name, but you don't have to share. Just There probably is a story, but I actually don't know it, and that's okay. actually something I, I should ask my dad. Okay. All right. Just saying, because that's... North. Okay, all right. Yeah, I think you have won the award for most unique middle name um, on the thing. Um, either way, um, you rode this morning? I did not ride you this morning. You did not ride this morning. Okay, all right. Um, so tell me how you got into to cycling. So I'll start with that. Um, I got into cycling a little bit in high school, just ad hoc, riding around the block. Um, and then that kind of got shelved when I went to to college um and then at some point in college when i realized i wasn't getting any exercise at all i actually joined like they had a little gym this is the the early 80s but a little gym at the school and i remember there was a guy and it was free weights and there was a guy that would come in and he had a pink road bike and he would come in and he would do squats and i was thinking that guy must be really good to to get away with riding a a pink road bike in South Carolina in the early 80s. Mm-hmm. And I think he really was good. I mean, that's, you know, near Greenville, South Carolina, near okay. like where Hincapie and all those guys are in the sort of foothills of the, I guess that's the lower Blue Ridge maybe? Okay. I don't know. Um, but anyway, so after I graduated, I started, um, I started running, and at some point I decided I wanted to ride again. So I, I okay. bought a bike, I bought a Bianchi, Okay. Um, and I actually did a couple of um, duathlons, which at the time they were still called biathlons okay. because they didn't realize that conflicted with the, the the skiing shooting sport. Oh, okay. So subsequent, at some point later, they changed the name the those duathlons. to duathlons. And, okay. and I remember doing one, and I remember running in my cycling kit, which probably wasn't a really good idea, and not really knowing what I was doing. Um, and then when I moved to Richmond, I started riding mm-hmm. more regularly. Um, okay. Again, so at this point, it's sort of the later later eighties. Okay. Um, so okay, just to make sure. So you started with the you were running, um, and then you decided get a bike and try some duathlons. Right. Okay. Um, did you like those? Like, how did you? Did um, you... I only did a couple. Um, okay. And I. I think I decided I didn't really like the running. Um, I don't like running when it's hot. Okay. Um, and um, so I kind of shelved the running okay. um, and then just stuck with the cycling. Okay. Okay. Um, and then when I moved to Richmond, I sort of found some people to ride with. Mm-hmm. I initially lived on Southside, um, but then when I moved to the fan, I mean, then I met more people that rode and like there were some sort of ad hoc kind of racing. There was a mm-hmm. place out east called Eastgate, uh, industrial mm-hmm. park um, near off of Lumburnum. And mm-hmm. I remember we would ride out there. We'd have our helmets hanging off our handlebars um, on the way there. And then we'd put the helmets on and we would do this little training race. And then mm-hmm. we would ride home with the helmets hanging off the handlebars. Okay. <laughs> um, 
I'm guessing Eastgate. No, that's no more. I, is it? That's, I think it's still. It's the just an industrial. It's just an industrial park, a four square, four corner. Okay. And it had a train track that crossed it. Okay. Which occasionally. So was, was an this issue. like in a like in a official like? No, it was like it was a pickup. Okay, it just, just came out. Show, okay. You show up and race, and there was no prizes, and like you know, I don't even really know I, exactly who organized it. Um, okay. I don't know if you you know the name Rick Bevel. I've not heard of his name. Okay, Bell, so yeah. he was like a big. He, he was in Raba. He was a big racer. I know he won like the state road race a couple of times. So it was always seemed like, and I was never that good. I mean, don't don't get me wrong here, but I was I was a participant. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was always seemed like it was him versus a bunch of other people. They okay. always tried to sort of because he was very good at like not taking a pull. So and he was a good <laughs> sprinter. Skill. So everybody was always trying to get away because he would. If it came down to a sprint, he he he, he, he could he okay. could win. So I, I that's sort of what I remember from that. Okay. Um. <laughs> um. All right. So you you've moved to Richmond. Um. You you meet some people to kind of to, to ride, particularly when you get to um the downtown uh, fan area, right? Right. Right. Um. Have you joined? Did you join Rabba? Or you Actually, I I don't know if I ever did, but um I probably should. But I like yeah. never never. I mean, I did some. Robber rides here and there, but um, just kind of freewheeling it, basically. Okay, all right. Um, so you, uh, how do you, how do you even meet people who ride? Like you moved to a new area. Did you already know people in Richmond that that rode some when you moved here, or did you like? How, no, I think it's like I, I think there was there was some weird when I was on the South Side. There was some weird little shop that was on off a of Jank Road. And went there, and then like you meet people through like the shop. I mean, I think that's like. When I've been traveling, like pre, definitely pre-internet days, it's like you'd go to you go to a shop and ask what the what the groups group rides are, and of course everybody's kind of looking you up and down and like, okay, well, you know, are you legit? Can you hang yeah. on a group ride of whatever pace it is? Yeah, I mean, yeah. you know, whether it's a fifteen mile an hour or a twenty-five mile an hour mm-hmm. group, people are always kind of like, oh, this guy, can he, you know, yeah, can can he is hang, he going to hang yeah. on? Or is it going to be squirrely or whatever? Um, did you find that you were able to hang on when you were riding with whoever these, these folks were? Um, in, I mean, I think that's the thing. When you start riding, you kind of gravitate to people of your similar ability. Mm-hmm. So, you yeah. know, I found people um, that I rode with. And then, you know, they know people and you ride with those and then those group rides. Okay. I mean, back in those days, this is really going to date me. So the the Saturday there was a Saturday morning ride that left from underneath the Huguenot Bridge. That okay. Was, that was that was the Saturday morning ride. Like wait, just the under Huguenot Bridge, like where Riverside. Pony, yeah, Pony Pasture. Pony Pasture area. Okay. Yeah, there's right. like a little parking. I mean, pretty much everybody rode there, but that's where we would meet there. Go out. Pretty much the classic. You go out. You go out Cherokee Road. You go Old Gun. Then we went 7-Eleven, and this is so long ago. 7-Eleven was a curvy road. James River High School was not there. Mm-hmm. And basically, once you got past Salisbury, there was, it was farmland. There was nothing. Right, it was, it know, now it's subdivision suburbs. after subdivision. So once you got past Salisbury, there really wasn't much traffic. Okay. So there was a, you'd go out there, you'd take a left on Huguenot Springs. There's a little hill at, towards the end of Huguenot Springs. Mm-hmm. And then so there'd be a sprint point there, regroup, cross over Midlothian, and you'd end up on Genito. And there was always, you could take a left on Genito and do the short route 
come back, or you could take a right on Geneto and do a longer loop, which came back in on 7-Eleven mm-hmm. in Winterfield. And this is before they went, they've relocated Winterfield. That's not quite so long ago. Okay. Um, um, but that was the Saturday morning ride that I did for quite a while. Okay. Um, and so you connect some guys and you all go. And so there were sprints. Uh, it was riding fast. Um, we're going to go back a little bit because um, uh, I've started asking. Um, did you immediately, as you, when you got this du- du- duathlons, did you immediately get yourself a cycling kit? Were you, do you recall? I don't really okay. recall. Okay. I, just, I, have, I just have this recollection of doing that duathlon and doing the running and like cycling shorts. In the, in, and okay. this was back when they didn't have like triathlon bike shorts. So they mm-hmm. were like the big heavy bike shorts and, and, a, and a jersey. Okay. And it, you know, especially the jersey wasn't, it wasn't a, it wasn't a good idea. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, okay. So I thought to ask people about, <laughs> you know, when do they transition into cycling kit, um, kind of thing. Um, but um, you're 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 in Richmond. Uh, you're, you've met some folks. You're riding around. You found some some people to kind of ride with. Um, are you doing events? Or are you just just kind of riding around town at this point? This is late eighties. Yeah. Um, mainly just riding around. At some point. I uh, somebody's like, oh, you should race, and there was they were they were they were going to a race in Charlotte, and they thought it'd be a good idea. Mm-hmm. I mean, that I should. So I got a license, mm-hmm. U.S. Cycling Federation license. Um, at the time, I was a Cat Four. They mm-hmm. had no Cat Fives then, right? Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> and it was the Dilworth Criterium, and I lasted about half a lap before I was like. OTB. Yeah. Yeah. It was like, it was a, it was, this was a little prior to some of these other rides. So this mm-hmm. was, it, it was definitely, I hadn't been doing that many group rides when okay. I did this. Okay. So I had no idea of the, the speed that these guys were going to go at, you know. So it was, it was, it was definitely a, an eye opener. So, I mean, but I, I, I stuck with it. Um, and I traveled some with my, company and whatever i went to holland for a couple of years and i tried and when i was there i did a few little a few little bike races but basically the whole the whole of the 90s and the 00s mm-hmm. i was just a very mediocre cat three okay. you know um i mean i did i don't know whenever brian park started i did those for a while as a b and finally managed to work myself up to to the a race and then okay. i finally managed to like finish the a race okay and then once i could finished the a race with the main group which was a pretty big accomplishment for yeah. myself yeah um i always seemed to manage to like be up to finish it which was mm-hmm. always like that was kind of the goal in a few years i got i got some preems here and there but that was nice. about it so it's like I, I i spent a lot of time at brian park with pretty minimal um pretty minimal return on my investment <laughs> um uh guys when you went to that first race had you even seen a bike race prior to that other than like that the, the pickup i guess the pickup race well the pickup race was later oh, okay yeah so, so this so was the, even before the pickup okay. race so the, had you yeah. even seen a bike race in person before that no not in person yeah okay. so i had no idea i mean and even like the cat four race at that time that was i guess those were the Le Mans years so i mean it was it was cycling road cycling was kind of booming and mm-hmm. so like a cat four race you know i mean it was a crit but there was still like 
80 to 100 people in it. So it's like, you know, and if you don't line up near the front, even if you had more speed than I did. Right, you're still trapped. It, you're, you're, you're in a bad shape if you don't line up in the first couple of rows. And I didn't line up in the first few rows, and I wasn't fast. So it okay. was, you know, it was, um, it was ugly. Success. Yeah, it was basically I rode around for a few laps sort of by myself and then got embarrassed and, and pulled out. Okay. <laughs> um, or maybe they pulled me. I can't remember. <laughs> Um, I've talked to a few other people who said like they just showed up for a race and just did the race um, which I you know I, I highly advise everyone to watch a bike race before doing your first bike race if you're listening um, uh, so uh, that's the, uh, the the bike race um, and you're doing Brian Park um, did you train for Brian Park or were you just like you just just riding on your own putting your own kind of rides with, with people did you ever like try to do anything structured to prepare yourself for Brian Park in those those early years? Not really. Okay. I mean, I thought I, I mean, I was quote unquote training, but I didn't really have a plan. Okay. Um, um, I mean, I remember there were some years where it seemed like I rode a lot on the weekends, but didn't really ride much during the week. And then mm -hmm. there was some of the op opposite where I was doing things regularly on the weekdays, but not on the weekends. So mm -hmm. it was kind of like I hadn't really put it all together. I didn't really have a you know, I didn't have really have a weekly plan. Never mind, like you know, okay. like an annual training plan. Okay, so just your your regular riding was keeping you in shape or prepared for that, right? Okay. Um, I also asked about your your bike progression because um, the Bianchi was a duathlon, right? But um, I mean, it was just a road bike. I mean, it was like I don't know if they even had time trial bikes for the masses back then. So, um, yeah. how long did you keep that, that Bianchi? roughly kind of uh, or how long how soon before you got a new you upgraded yeah i'm trying to remember um i think when i moved to richmond i that two-wheel travel was still in carytown and i bought i bought a I, I bought a pinarello okay um so that was my first real real like racing bike okay um so I, so that was early i guess early 90s yeah okay yeah it was it was like red it was a really i it, i mean everybody always says oh i shouldn't i should never have sold it but it was it, it, it was it was the same color scheme alexi gray all had won something and there was a poster and it was it was the same same frame same frame yeah it was oh, a okay. very cool frame and then pinarello kind of seemed like they dropped off the radar forever until like mm -hmm. sky came around and then okay. all of a sudden pinarello's became cool again is there anybody local who even sells Pinarellos? Is there? Is there? Not that I'm aware of. I don't think so. Um, yeah, I was not going to run those brands. Um, uh, yeah, I've seen people in Pinarellos, but I didn't know of any shops, none locally. But I couldn't think of any that, that actually sold Pinarellos. Um, uh, um, what do you want now? What's your road bike now? So I have a. That you focus. Ride the most. Okay. Yeah. So I, I have a Focus road bike that I got um, through Outpost when Outpost opened, which is like six years ago now. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm actually contemplating getting a, a new road bike. Not not that there's anything wrong with that one. Focus doesn't distribute anymore in the U.S. Oh, so, okay. Yeah. Oh, okay. So they're still. I mean, it's a world tour. I mean, they support a world tour team. They have, you know, like I don't know if you noticed certain bikes. There's like a little sticker that says UCI. It means that they're 
know, right? They're, they're legal, UCI legal. So, um, yeah, but I mean, they still make bikes. They just don't distribute in the U.S. currently. Okay. Um, but the bike I ride the most is a Factor, mm-hmm. which is a, it's it's their race gravel bike, which is their LS. Um, so I find that's so the two things I do the most. Are gravel rides slash races, and then um, like long distance, more like randoneering type okay. events or brevets. Okay, wait, okay. Um, what is randoneering? So randoneering, well, a friend of mine calls it. It's time sightseeing. So there's an organization, of course, um, that puts on official events, and generally they're 200, 300, 400. 600 and 1200 kilometer events okay. and you have a, a time that you have to do them um, in the pre-covid pretty much up to up to covid like you always have a and i could have brought one you have a brevet card okay. and so you sign it at the beginning and it and it lists control points okay. and at those control points um which basically is all of the furthest places. Basically, it's to show that you did the entire route and you didn't didn't cut the route. So okay. this is all predates um, electronic electronics. Tracking. Okay. Sure. Right. So this is this was how you demonstrate that you did the route. But all those control points are all there's a time. So there's an opening time and a closing time, and it's based on speed from the start. Okay. So the first control point, you know, if it's 50 kilometers out, maybe it opens in two hours and it closes in four hours. And then mm-hmm. they, as they go progressively mm-hmm. further, the mm-hmm. opening time, the, the difference gets wider and wider. For, for the opening time, too. Okay. Right. right. To the closing time. And then, so for 200, I mean, it's pretty, I think it's 12 and a half hours. Okay. You have. But at 300, it's one and a half times that. And where it gets sticky is once you get beyond. 400 like you go to a 600 the time you get 50 percent again more time but if you want to sleep the time doesn't stop okay so that's the so 400s are typically done roughly you do a 400k one day and a 200 the next day and the amount of sleep you get depends on how um how late you get in on the first day and how early you need to get up on the second day um I have to look this up because uh, I work in miles. Uh, 400K in miles would be 248 miles. Right. Um, got it. Um, okay, so, so those are the, uh, the, the, the really big events. How does that start? How does that go from you're riding around with people, uh, you're doing the Bryant Park races to, to some degree? Well, that started in 2018. So this is... That's we fine. jump ahead. Yeah, we jump fine. ahead that's a absolutely lot. Fine. So in 2018, um, I did my first big gravel race. I did Dirty Kansas. Mm-hmm. And then in that fall, my friend Tim said, hey, this is 400K. Um, and I, Sometime after that. And he said, do you want to do it? And I was like, sure. So... We, it started in Northern Virginia, and it, and it did a big loop west of Charlottesville, um, and then back up to, I think it started and finished in Warrington. Okay. Um, and so we did it. It was really hot. I remember it being super hot. We stopped somewhere and had ice cream, and mm-hmm. which probably wasn't the best idea. And 
at some point we like we stopped for dinner because we knew we would like we started at 6 a.m and i think yeah. we finished like at two so we stopped for dinner and we stopped at some like italian place and yeah and like ate way too much because then yeah. we get going and we just like oh, all yeah. bloated um so anyway, so we're doing this 400K, and I'm talking to him because he, he had lived in San Francisco for a while and had done these brevets mm-hmm. with the San Francisco randonneurs. Mm-hmm. And he's like, yeah, we're doing... He says, I wanted to do this 400K because I want to do this ride in Paris next year, Paris, yeah. Paris, Paris, which I had never heard of. Okay. So this is 20... Yeah, this is 2018. I'd never heard of Paris, 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 but it's every four years, and it was in the... It was on the next year, 2019. Okay. So what what he explained is the way that they, the timing starts is like if you've done a Grand Randonneur, which is a 1,000 kilometers or more, like you can sign up on a certain date. Okay. Then if you've done a 600, there's like you start, like a week uh, later, okay. you can sign okay. up. And right. then if you've done a 400, then you can sign up, and then to a 200. And I think that year they actually opened it up. You didn't have to have done, like at some point, like if you wanted to sign up. Okay. And when you signed up, you got, you, you got your time, your starting time. Okay. So he and I, and then he had this friend from San Francisco, we were going to do the PVP the next year. Yeah. So we all got the same, same time. Okay. Same time slot. So what happens then is then the following year, the year of the actual event, you have to do a series of a two, three, four, and six documented rides to punch your ticket. Okay. So you have to do those by, the, the, the ride is in August, but you have to do those through, I think, sometime towards the end of May. And once you've done those, then, they, then you can officially register for the event. Okay. So the first thing is sort of a, it's just sort of registering, and then there's the, then there's, then there's the qualifying. So in the same year of in the, the year you have off. to do those, a 200, a 300, a 400, and a 600? Right. Um, but do those have to be, like, official Randier yes. events? Yes, okay. right. yes. Okay. So, so there's, like, I think it's ACP. So, again, you have to have the card. You, 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 the, the event has to be an official event with an approved route, mm-hmm. and then you have to... Still submit your okay. purvey card and then they have to approve it make sure that you hit the controls within the time and you did the, the full route within mm-hmm. the time okay um yeah so um because they don't want people showing up that that, that haven't qualified that, right, that can't done, or they can't do it don't have a good probability of success okay okay um and so it's, you know, a 200, by that point, 200 is not that big of a deal. A 300 is, is a long day. Yeah. A 400 is a very long day. And then a 600 is a very long weekend. I mean, that's yeah. kind of how I look at it. Yeah. I mean, once you get to a 400, you're going to be riding at night. Mm-hmm. Like a 300 in, like in Richmond, you can do a 300 in the summer in the daylight. Once you get to a 400, you know, you, you're basically going to be riding in the dark. Okay. And most of these start early. Like they start at sometime between four and six so okay super off, often you're riding in the dark to begin with okay which is i mean i don't like getting up early but it's kind of like when the sun's coming up and i've already got like 25 or 50 miles in it's yeah. kind of cool yeah i mean you do the yeah. roll call rides right it is nice know. to have the ride early in the morning yeah um so you're you're prepping for the paris 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 breast paris yes okay um and uh, so you do your, your 200, your 300, 400, 600 um, events. Um, where'd you end up doing those? So we did, 
the two, three, and four, basically we did them, Tim and I did them all in Surrey. Okay. So they had, so they all, they were all like progressively bigger loops. Okay. And they were in, the, and it was pretty flat. Um, so um, we really had no issues. And actually we'd done the two and the three and I'll go, because we actually did the 600 first. So I'll get back to that. In okay. A but we did the 200 and 300 and then we were like, oh, well, like the 400 was like two more weeks because they generally set them up in order. In order. So like every other week, so you can kind of build up and, and mm -hmm. so the, but the 400, I, one or both of us couldn't make it and we we're trying to figure out what other 400 mm -hmm. and it was two, it was officially two weeks after the 300 and then the, we were talking with the organizer and he goes, oh, well you can do a pre-ride. And we're like, well, what's that? And he goes, well, you can ride it next Saturday, a week before, and yeah. then you do a report and you can get, you get credit for the ride. And you basically do a report and like, you know, if there's like there's a bridge out or like the, mm -hmm. the place that oh, like okay. the 7-Eleven okay. isn't open from, you know, it yeah. doesn't, it closes at 11 <laughs> and you're going to get there after 11. So, you know, so you can just make, or the, like the roads, road on this thing is in bad shape. Mm -hmm. So you could, you do it pre-ride, mainly with the understanding that if there's anything amiss with the route, you let the organizers you, know. You, you let them know. So okay. we ended up doing it like a week later, we did the, we did the 400. Okay. Um, but we actually did the, the 600 in February. Okay. And it was kind of like, cause I still really didn't know I'd only done the one 400. That was the only official okay. ride I had done at that okay. point. And I was still a little on the fence, you know, about, about whether, like whether I could do it, whether I wanted to do it. I was a little worried about the sleep deprivation. Um, and then, so we were like, oh, well, there's a 600 down, started near Lumberton, North Carolina. Okay. And um, so Tim and I and Brantley, Mm -hmm. did it because this was the year Brantley was training for his trans America uh, yeah. thing mm -hmm. so the three of us go down there and for whatever reason we couldn't you know we couldn't get away until late we didn't get down there till like after 10 and then we got some checked in and got some food and it was like almost midnight and that route started at four mm -hmm. and we and we get up and we get our you know they have a they always have a bike check because you have to have like for for the parts that are at night you mm -hmm. have to have like a reflective vest. You have a, have to have ankle, um, ankle strap, reflective ankle straps, and okay. you have to have a front working front and rear light. And they okay. they check those things. Okay. I mean, it's pretty perfunctory, but you have to have them. Yeah. So we get up, we get the bike check, and it's four o'clock in the morning, and it's about forty degrees and raining. Oh, that didn't sound and good. Okay. Yeah, it wasn't, and we were like, and so I think we had. I think I had rain pants and I had shoes and I had some like winterish gloves. Mm -hmm. Anyway, we take off and I just got the, the gloves I had weren't waterproof. Okay. And it was raining. So my gloves got soaked and my hands got cold mm -hmm. and I was just miserable. So the first control, it was like a little convenience store, but there was like a Hardee's across the street. So okay. we go into the Hardee's, like I got like, the jumbo coffee and mm -hmm. like French like French fries or some I just wanted something hot, but I was like contemplating like, okay, this is not for me. Yeah, like, this is I'm miserable. Yeah, but I had some other gloves, some like thinner gloves, but they were neoprene. Mm -hmm. And by the time I had 
the coffee. I'm like, well, I mean, whatever. I'll keep going. <laughs> and, you know, gradually it warmed up and the day got, um, um, it warmed up. It quit raining. Yeah. Um, and it was, I mean, it was pretty windy, but it was pretty much, it's, it's weird. I mean, there were probably 20 people at the beginning, but everybody kind of rides in their own little group. So okay. pretty much all day it was just Brantley and Tim and I. Mm-hmm. Um, and I didn't have aero bars at the time. Brantley had aero bars on, mm-hmm. and Brantley was very fit at the time. Mm-hmm. So it was basically Brantley pulling Tim and I along. <laughs> probably a, a couple of times, a little faster than we really wanted to be going. Yeah. Um, and so, I mean, um, we got to... So there was a hotel. So mm-hmm. it was kind of like... Um, out to this hotel, that, and then you still had like another, uh, like a hundred mile leg. Yeah. And then you came back to that hotel, and then okay. there was like the next day, there was like 200K left. Okay. So we were getting to the hotel just before dark. So, and, I, and Tim and I were both kind of like, we were like, ah. But we get to the hotel, you know, they have a drop bag, so we have like Some dry clothes. That, okay. Um, we all took a shower, put put it. Was again the, one of the. You always end up eating McDonald's for whatever reason because it's like what what what's <laughs> available, everywhere. what's yeah. quick. Um, so we end up we get, we go and eat. We shower. We go eat. Put on dry kit, and then um, we do another hundred before we go to bed. Yeah, hundred miles. Um, but it was just like just that ability to like take a shower, put on some dry stuff yeah have some food sit down for a minute and then we you know we basically felt felt fine okay and so that was somewhere i don't know what town we were in but then we basically went up to like emerald isle Mm -hmm. and back and i remember Mm -hmm. we when we got to the far end there was like there was a brewery there um so we all had like a little like a like whatever a little four ounce pour um and then rode back and then we we got back at two-ish i think and then like we figured we could leave like at eight in the morning so we had you know i mean like six hours sleep okay and um yeah the next day the next day i mean the weather was okay but there was pretty much a headwind the whole way really okay um so we were pretty tired but um i think the cutoff time was like eight o'clock or something like that but then at a certain point we realized we didn't have our we didn't have our reflective stuff Okay. So if we didn't get in before dark, then theoretically we could have been like DQ'd. Oh, so oh, we, okay. we were we were like we were stressing more than we would have right. because we didn't have the stuff with us. Um, did you get in before dark? We did. Okay. We did. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But we were like, oh, we can't like we can't screw around. Like we thought we had we were thinking, oh, we have to like eight thirty, and this was like February, so it gets dark at right like Super six early. or yeah. six thirty, and we're yeah. like, oh, well, yeah, we we don't have it. You don't have yeah. that extra time. Yeah. Um, and that's and so it, the total distance that was the that was a four hundred that was a six hundred it was a six hundred k yeah okay uh, which you had done before the two the three and the four okay. yeah because okay. it, it at some point in the past you had to do the the series in the correct order and okay. then they they changed it and you could just you just had to do all four rides so you didn't have to do them in order but then we went back and did the two three four in the okay and it was really like. I, I think it just worked out timing wise. I mean, obviously in February, the weather's not the best, but it was, it was really like, for me in particular, like I wanted to do it to see if I wanted to do the, 
the, the, the whole thing. And I mean, once we got through that, I mean, we knew we could do a two, three, and four. Okay. You know, because we'd done a four, and you know. Yeah. Um, prior. Um, What's the what's the speed roughly for that? Like, what's the speed you all travel it, it, roughly kind of thing? I mean, I think on that one because we had Brantley. I mean, we were going like seventeen something. Okay. But most of ours are like fifteen to sixteen, depending okay. on um, the elevation. I know though the the three hundred we had favorable winds. Okay. And I had my aero bars, and we did we did the three hundred and right at. Um, like 10 hours moving okay so we were like 18 six okay but that was that one seemed to be an anomaly that was a lot quicker <laughs> okay um is that a case of you all like aiming for 18 and like maintaining that or like just you started in 24 and then like it just diminished to like 18? no that one was like at some point in the ride i realized that we were on that pace and okay. I just kind of like that was in my head that okay, I kind of wanted one, okay. to do it but okay. it's it, you know it's one of these arbitrary things you just like okay you just have in your mind like if you're just going out the cap trail and you look and I'm, oh I'm at 16.7 average and you're like oh and if I can get that up to 17 before I get to the end or okay. you know okay I just didn't know if there was a uh, like a okay we've got X number of hours which means we need to do it at this pace you know rest like if there was some kind of thought of like okay we should travel at this pace let's maintain this pace kind of thing to do no because well all those you're just it's just it's the one off so it's like you can if you ride harder it's like there's no there's no real repercussions i mean if you go too hard early in the day yeah, there's some repercussions yeah. but it's like it's not like you've then got another day you know so mm -hmm. you can um but i i think tim had a goal tim always looks more at um elapsed time i always mm -hmm. look at rolling time okay but the um, the the time you have for two hundred, I think, is twelve and a half. Okay. So he wanted to do the three hundred in the time we had for the. So he had kind of this twelve and a half mm -hmm. lapse time, and okay. I had kind of this ten hour rolling time, and we we, we managed to do to okay. do both of those. I mean, the elapsed time is. I mean, a lot of that's a function of, you know, how often you stop and how long you stop. Right. And, yeah. You know, when you start looking at it, it. I mean, time goes. Right. It starts you know. adding up with little breaks. Um, so all of these are, these are, you know, clearly I'm sure you're enjoying these or at least tolerating these, but these are the prepare for or to qualify actually for the Paris, 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 Bris, Bris Paris, Correct. Um, which is supposed to be in 2019. Right. So you do these, these four events, colossal events by all measure. Um, and then it's time for eventually Paris repairs. Like what's, what's, how does that roll? So, um, yeah, so, I mean, it all seems to blur now, and it's three years ago. Um, so, I mean, we, we had registered, and it's one of those, like, so many events now are so, like, expensive. Mm -hmm. um, and this was, like, $60. You know? Oh, really? I mean, it was, like, I mean, it's a volunteer thing, and it's, you know, the French do it, and this is the way it is, and it, it was, like, 60 euros. Really? And you could get wow. a jersey, and the jersey was, like, 40 euros. Um, wow. Okay. You know, it was a very... the the. You know, I mean, all the money is like getting there and staying and all that, but the sure, event yeah. itself was very like, yeah. you know, it's not like, I mean, like I did triathlon. You you do an Ironman these days, it's like eight hundred dollars. Yeah. You know, mm -hmm. for a one day event, this is a four day event and it's like sixty bucks. Okay. Um, I mean, the food, like all the controls, is food. You got to pay for the food, but I sure. mean, that's but that is what it is. Yeah. So Tim had actually arranged, so he was making it a family vacation. His 
wife and two kids were going and his stepmother was going. So he he uh, found like an Airbnb house that was supposedly it was close to Rambouillet, which is the start town. Okay. Um, which is on the, the on the outskirts of, but it's it's a little further than you think um, okay. from Paris. Um, so my wife and I flew over. He and his family flew over. We had a stayed in Paris for a couple of days, and then on the Friday, yeah, Friday, I guess he had the house Friday to Friday. So Friday we, because of course the bike's in a big box. Yeah. So we were in a hotel in Paris. We both, both, we, we both got to the airport similar times, but we had to wait for like the right taxi, like mm -hmm. the kind that was the van. Oh, so right. They could take their right to see the big bike. So we go, to, we have a hotel, they have a luggage room and we both are like, okay, we're going to come back to this hotel. And so we could keep our bike box mm -hmm. at the hotel. Okay. And then, so he and I were just going to ride to the house, and mm -hmm. then the rest of the family took a Uber or Ooh, some some something. kind of yeah transportation yeah. back. Okay. So we rode out there, um, and so the, yeah, so this is Friday. Then Saturday, this is the check-in for the for the event. So mm -hmm. you go, you there's a bike inspection. Mm -hmm. um, again, they make sure you have your lights. They kind of make sure nothing's rattling. Sure. Um, and then you pick up your 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 card, which is the, mm -hmm. the big thing. Um, they give you, oh, and like in the $60 um, entry fee, you get a vest, a okay. reflective vest. Okay. So you don't have to wear their reflective vest, but they're cool, so might right. as well wear that, yeah. and most people were. Um, so once you once you get through bike check, you go and you get your, um, your packet, essentially, mm -hmm. like, like any event. Um, but going from the house to, to Rambouillet, we we had a, we both had Garmin's and we had the route lo mm -hmm. loaded, but yeah. we didn't have the base maps. So the oh, Garmin was okay, pretty okay. much right. like it was not very it. functional. So yeah. we went we rode there and rode back. Both times we got a little bit lost, <laughs> and it was raining again. So like we're standing in line for bike check in the rain, mm -hmm. um, and then as we as we leave, he has. A, Tim has a flat, ends up like, I ended up riding back because they had like a, like a bike shop had okay. a thing. So I, I, I rode back, bought a new tire for him. And then rode back to him. And rode back to where he was. I mean, it was just like a mile away. We had just okay. left okay. and he had this uh, unfixable flat. Um, and then on the way back, like he, there was a turn and there was some gravel and he slides and goes down and bumps his knee. And I had a flat. And it was just like, oh my God. So this is the day before. Right, yeah. But anyway, we finally made it back to the house. We got, we got everything organized. So we start the next day. So yeah. our start time is 8.15 p.m. Okay. Okay. Yeah, it's weird. Yes, it's very weird. So that was like, because we didn't have long qualifying rides. So as a, as only have, having done a 400, like the... The earliest ones start like at four. Okay. And it's like every 15 minutes, there's like 200 people go. Okay. I mean, this is a big event. There's like 8,000 people. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, in it, in it, what makes it especially weird is like all the other events we've done domestically, mm -hmm. there had been no more than like 20 people. Yeah. And this, like every 15 minutes, there's 200 people. So, like, Literally, when you're riding for four days, mm -hmm. you're almost never not seeing other riders. Other riders. That's good. 
it's yeah. I mean it's super cool and the, yeah. I mean the roads were the roads were immaculate the people yeah. were cool so all this so the the control stops at the control stops they have water they have mainly like cafeteria kind of food mm-hmm. um, some of them they have places you can sleep which is basically like a gym with map with you know like not even mattresses just mm-hmm. like floor you know, on the floor yeah um, but all those controls, you don't realize, like you park your bike, you walk in, you get your thing stamped. They all have pretty cool stamps, mm-hmm. kind of like a postage thing, and they write your time down. But then you go get something to eat, and it's like, I mean, even if you're just trying to top up supplies, mm-hmm. it's 20, 30 minutes. You yeah. know, it's not like, you know, where there's the three of us, we walk into 7-Eleven and right. come back out, and it's five minutes, yeah. and you're on your way. It's yeah. like... 20 minutes plus and you can easily like the the longer it goes into the thing the more tired you get and the longer <laughs> everything takes and you yeah. forget what you're doing yeah you only yeah. have one thing to do but you forget what that one thing is yeah um so oh wait wait okay um so those, those are rest up do either of you speak french like what tim did a little bit but generally it wasn't a problem i mean more people spoke of the riders, the predominant language was English. Okay. I mean, there's people there from like literally all over the world. Okay. There's That's people okay. from South America, a lot of Asians, a lot mm-hmm. of people from Malaysia, from India, mm-hmm. Pakistan, um, Japan, like, and from everywhere. Every, every country you can think of in Europe. Okay. Um, um, uh, so, yeah, I was wondering about the, the level of communication going on there. Um, so, the rest stops, um, you know, not super quick. Um, you know, you're, you're getting stuff and then you're, you're back on rolling again. Um, yeah. So the big, our biggest thing, and, and I'm not sure we ever really, so in most brevets, like everybody leaves at like 6am. So mm-hmm. they say, okay, the first controls a hundred kilometers. It's open from A to B from this, you know, from, from, this say, time from, to from that 11 time. to three. Sure. So, but this was a rolling start. Mm-hmm. So people were starting as early as four, and they were, and actually, then they had another. There's another cohort that started Monday morning, but they they had a shorter time. They like our time limit was ninety hours. The people okay. starting Monday morning had an eighty-four hour time limit. Okay. So, and if you start in that limit and you finish in eighty-five hours, you're you're not an official finisher. I mean, they probably still oh. give you the medal, but okay. you're not official oh, finisher. Okay. You're not in the book. There's mm-hmm. a book. So if okay. you finish in the time, you're what they call you're in the ancien. Okay. So, so anyway, so, so we wanted to do it. We thought, like, okay, 90 hours, that's pretty, you know, it's a pretty liberal time. We, mm-hmm. You know, we can get some sleep, you know, best laid plans. Um, but we were never really clear, you know, it, what the opening closing times were because we just had, because they just gave you this, like, they were open for, like, an for like 24 hours mm-hmm. and we were like well because um, especially at the beginning when you haven't banked time by going quickly yeah. you know like to sleep so mm-hmm. we were always a little um, concerned about whether we were within the time limits for the, for the different um, uh, at, at the beginning okay because well we we got going Tim had a flat early um, and it, he had continentals and it was like it was it was just such a um it was really hard to get the tire changed. Yeah. I mean, it was like really, really difficult. So we were, I mean, we, we were stopped for like 45 minutes. Was 
tube or tubeless? Well, he was going to run tubeless, but he couldn't find sealant anywhere. Okay. So they were run. We were run. He was running them too, the but they. I, I don't know whether they were the tubeless ones or not. But it's like we didn't. He didn't know. We didn't know all the tricks to okay. getting the tires on. They're okay. they're known to be very difficult. Yeah. And it was just like it was already dark at this point. I mean, we. St- I mean, we only had about an hour of riding before it got dark. Yeah. Because we started so late. Yeah. Right. So we were a little behind the gun there, and then we missed a turn. So it's like you know, right <laughs> off the bat, we were a little. I mean, we 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 all felt fine, but we just like already got this feeling of being like behind the behind the eight ball so to speak so okay wait wait okay you're you're doing this event in paris your garments your bike computers they don't have the local maps loaded or do you have them by now no we do not but like literally they have every turn for 760 miles is a different sign okay there's a sign but we just happen to miss one i mean i think when we came back when we missed the turn we came back we realized there was a guy it had been a guy standing there like in uh, front of us. Oh, okay. And what clued us in, and like later on, it would have been more apparent, but we didn't quite realize. Like all of a sudden, we're like, well, we don't see anybody. Mm, okay, and it was right. like, that's just not normal. Yeah. <laughs> like you're always seeing people. So once you like don't see anybody for a while, you're like, oh, this is something's. <clears throat> and it really was, that was the one thing, the one time, like other than that, I don't know that we had any issues at all from okay. a directional point of view. Um. So you're rolling, um, you're rolling through this thing. How long did it take you to actually complete? So we did it in, I think it was like 87 hours. So the the last night, um, so it starts Sunday. We yeah, so we finished on Thursday, like around 11. But we we'd stop somewhere for the night, and okay. we were just like, okay, how late can we start? And mm-hmm. um, with a with a comfortable margin. Okay. So we weren't trying to like, we weren't trying to do it as fast as we could. We just wanted to do it. We just wanted to finish. Completely. And they actually have like a little club. Like if you finish within the like the last, I think it's even less than an hour. Like the last half hour, like there's a there's a like some little award for that. Okay. I mean, there's like people supposedly like get back to Ramboulet and like go to the pub and have a beer. To, okay. You know, so they just roll over the line with okay. minutes to spare. Um, so you finish this thing, okay? Um, what's the, what is the feeling after finishing this? Like, this is colossal on top of colossal. Yeah, I mean, point. we were just, um, mainly exhausted from, like, in my case, like, I wasn't as physically, um, beat up as I thought I would be, but I was very mm-hmm. sleep deprived. <laughs> um, so I was just, like, exhausted. Um, and, from from the sleep, I mean, yeah. my legs felt okay. I mean, it's like all those like after like doing all these long rides after like I don't know five or six hours. Like every time you stop mm-hmm. when you get going again, your legs right sore feel like crap right. for yeah. like ten minutes, and then they generally start feeling better. Yeah. Um, so in this case, like after the first you know first evening, it's like every time you got going, it was always like oh, and then you kind of roll mm-hmm. into it and. Um, and it was, it was kind of a lumpy, it's kind of a lumpy route. It's kind mm-hmm. of like riding around here. Okay. So, I mean, I think riding around, there's one big climb into, and then into Brest. Okay. But, I mean, you go up and down, 
into Brest, which is on the coast. And then when you come out of Brest, you got to go back up and dent down. So there's like this one big climb that you do in each you direction. Go both times, okay. But other than that, it's like kind of like Goochland. I mean, okay. it's like a lot of rollers. Okay. And like we were used to it. I think there's a lot of people, um, the you know, from parts of the world where they it's flat. Yeah. Know, and they weren't mm -hmm. used to that. Mm -hmm. um, and, you, and, you know, you have a bike that, like, we had all our stuff. Like, there was, like, a drop, but we, mm -hmm. we didn't use that. So we had all our stuff. Okay. So we had to change a kit, and we had, you know, spares and batteries and battery chargers. And, you know, so your bike's, you know, another 15 pounds heavier than it would normally be. <laughs> that you have to lug up every hill and down every... Okay, so, all right, uh, uh, questions with this. Um, how many times did you go to sleep? Between the, the, I, four, I think it was four times. Four times you guys went to sleep, and like five or six hours of sleep, or even less. Less. Okay. Yeah, like three, four. And actually, Tim had actually booked a um, a hotel for that Monday afternoon, or Monday. But we, because of this whole thing about time, like we got to this hotel, and we basically had like three hours sleep. Okay. You know? I mean, so like. We, we, we got there, it was light, we left, it was still light. I mean, they still could book yeah. the room again for the evening. Right, yeah. <laughs> we, you know, we, weren't, we weren't even there long enough. I mean, we are barely there long enough to, to, to justify it. But. So and wait. then after that, all the plate we were just staying at the at The control, the control points, okay. okay. Um, and I guess other riders were doing this, and they were sleeping in the control yeah, point. Yeah, and probably. so like in some cases, they'd be full. Like okay. we didn't necessarily run into that, but it was like you know people were like okay, there's like yeah, there's there's a, and so you'd go into these controls, and a lot of them are like schools, right? Mm -hmm. And there's people like under the tables sleeping. Yeah, I mean there's people like or out outside like in the grass, just like wrapped up in a foil blanket, and and along the route too. I mean yeah, like, and we saw some like the first night, and we we're like okay, these people like like three hours in, those people like it's sleeping taken already. Like, oh, they're 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 gonna get behind the eight ball if they're yeah. already sleeping yeah um, that doesn't sound like the best time to take but a, it's take like but you're in the it you know like you know like when brantley did his i mean you're one of one like there's yeah. nobody around you yeah you know but this is like you're just in with it's endless to see all the endless sea of okay. other crazies um, um and the locals were i mean you go by and people have a little picnic uh, like a little pop-up table and they you know free water and coffee and yeah and I mean people were very friendly and you go through some of the towns where they I mean it wasn't a control per se but they'd be yeah. having like a fair and there'd be you know most of those you had to pay but there'd be people set up like literally like right on the road selling coffee or pastries oh, and you know great. which was I mean people definitely got seemed to be into it you know okay um, uh, I feel like that would not be the case in the states um, yeah I mean and I mean the roads were all I mean, the, the roads were immaculate. Yeah. Like, like, you didn't really have to worry about potholes. You didn't yeah. have to worry about, I mean, in, you, almost or almost no trash. Um, and there was, like, one busy road sort of on the way into Brest, mm -hmm. um, which I think was, I guess there's probably no, no alternative, where there was, like, not quite a highway, but more like that, okay. a little bit in and then back out. But other than that, it was, like, just road like riding in Hanover with very little traffic. Mm, was, okay. Was, okay. Was, you know, and you felt like what traffic there was was very. Um, they they knew this was going on. They okay. probably could not know. Um, um, so it felt very safe. Uh, so you finished, 
87 hours. Um, is you, was there a placement? Was it like, it was, just, it was just everyone just finished? No, supposing they do this, it's like, the thing with brevets, it's like, you finish or okay. you don't finish. Okay. And you have to finish within the time. Okay. Um, and then there's like, I mean, there's a lot of people that finish that they're not official because they are after the time. But, okay. Because um, they do a, I won't be able to pronounce it yet, but there's, a, there's another term for actually getting the fact that you have officially In finished time. it. Like okay. they send you, send you a, a little timing thing that you can put on your medal. Okay. It gives you your official time and that you're like you're officially you're in. official you're, right. you're an official finisher there. Yeah. Um so you finish, sleep deprived. Um what's the what's the first thing you, you go do when you finish this thing? Or you just you just immediately go to sleep, you eat, like you Well so where where, it's, where so where it started to finish in Ramboulet, they had like a, this big tent. So like and also with, with so with your entry you got there was a pre pre ride meal mm-hmm. and a post ride meal. Mm-hmm. So we had the post-ride meal. We wanted to get... They were out of beer. So we had <laughs> cider. So we split like a big bottle of cider among yeah. the three of us. Um, and then Tim and I had to ride home and we got lost again. <laughs> so like after all that, we had like... I mean, it wasn't far. I mean, it was like 12 miles, but it just seemed... <laughs> and he was he had a slow leak. That's a whole other story. But he had a slow leak, so we had to stop like three or four times for him to pump his tire up because yeah. he like, definitely didn't want to try to change it at that point. Yeah. So we get back to the house. So there was a pool there. We jumped in the pool. We had champagne with our wives. Mm-hmm. My wife cooked dinner. Um, nice. I, th- I think it had a... Uh, uh, yeah, because we, we still got back to the hotel. I mean, back to, yeah, back to the house around two. So I think okay. I took a little nap, got up for dinner... Mm-hmm. Stayed up for a little bit, went to bed, and then we unfortunately we had to be out of the house by some like ten or eleven. The so it's like I would have definitely whatever it was, I would have slept longer. Um, and so then we went back to Paris. But Tim okay. and I actually took the train, so we actually took our bikes on the train oh, really? to go okay. back to Paris, um, which was super super easy. Yeah. Okay. Um, would you do that again? Well, we're planning on doing it next year. Really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So so we did a. We did a 1200 in June. Okay. So we could get a better starting spot. Um, how did that 1200 go? Like how long did it take to finish? No. So, similar time. Um, so, this one was very different. So, it was in Virginia. Mm-hmm. It was put on by DC Randonneurs. And it was basically set up as four, four rides. They had hotels um, each of the three nights. Mm hmm. So you basically know, okay, you get up, I'm riding until I get to this next this yeah. hotel. And then the sooner you get to that hotel, the more sleep you get, mm-hmm. right? So, and so you had a bag, you know, a overnight bag, and they yeah. took the bag for you. And okay. actually they even had it in the room, which okay. was nice. Um, and they had food, so like you get there, there's food, okay. you know, so you can immediately start eating, you know, get a shower, eat, um, and they had a mechanic. Okay. Um, and did your r- registration for this thing cover the cost of the hotel room? So in this one, this was like $500. Okay. But, right. in, but that included three nights of a hotel. That's okay. That's pretty and good. And all that food. And food, food. right. Yeah. Okay. So it was food shared hotel. And transporting yeah. your stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. That's yeah. Okay. So that's, I mean, it was, it's still 
a bar, and nobody's making money on that. They're not, okay, yeah. They're, you know, they're hopefully they they break even. Yeah. But, um, um, okay, so you do one, you do one in June, which I think I saw at least one of the legs on right. Strava. So they somewhere. they they were the longest was the first day. So we started in this started in Leedsburg, so a little further north, um, and we went and we finished in Stanton. But we went all the way down to um, where where is it the VMI Lexington. Okay. So we went all the way down to Lexington and then back up to Stanton. Okay. Um, and yeah, so it actually <laughs> so we we're driving up the night before. Yeah. And I realized I have a I have a little pill case. I take vitamins every day, and I have ironically I take a blood pressure pill. Okay. And I realized we we're halfway to to. Uh, Leesburg, and I remember that I'd forgotten this thing, so I, I couldn't. I called my, left a message for my yeah. doctor. I never heard back. So it's like, well, if it was one night, it would be no big deal. But I'm like, okay, it's gonna be like five nights. So anyway, so I, anyway, I ended up. I met my wife at. We went. We go through Crozet. I don't yeah. know if you've ever done any of these rides with Grant, or even some of the roll call rides. They leave from like Crozet. There's a place, um, mud, mud honey, mud. Not familiar. I've been in Crozet um, once for a ride on like the Parkway. No, on Skyline Drive. That's okay. like all I've done. Yeah. So luckily, anyway, so I called yeah. my, so I met her yeah. at the, the coffee shop and she bought those. And, she, and I also realized I'd forgotten um, my knee warmers. Okay. So she, so she bought those and it turned out like in the day three, there was mm. definitely my knee warmers and my shoe cover. And okay. they, they, it rained all day, day okay. three. So that was that was a godsend. They came handy. Um, but we, so we were there. It was so we we, we got to Crozet around one, and then mm -hmm. all of a sudden it's like, oh yeah, we're here, and we we have. I don't know if we we had probably had about a hundred miles in at that point, but like mm -hmm. oh another twenty miles we get to climb up Afton. <laughs> okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then so we get to climb up Afton, go down the other side, and then go along the Valley Road okay. all the way up to, to Lexington. Okay. And this, I think, we pretty much had a headwind the whole way. But then once we got through Lexington, then we had a tailwind in the in the nighttime part. And the thing that always gets me is I'm I'm always like super nervous about the nighttime part, mm -hmm. mainly because of cars. But yeah. you know, when you have a a bright red light in the back, yeah. And especially if there's more than one of you, mm -hmm. it's like motors seem to give you more room than they do in the day. I don't, you know, maybe they're maybe they're less likely to be on their phones, or I don't know what it is, but and and most of the time there's way less traffic than I than I am worried about. Like mm -hmm. we've done from Orange up to Warrington, I guess three or four times now, and it's like after we leave, um, I suppose in the, in the Orange, night. there's like no traffic. Um, I suppose in the night, we're generally, I would think, more looking for stuff to come out, like to, to jump on the road or what. I, I would think in the nighttime, we might, as a driver, right, right, are probably more thinking about something's going to be out in the road, even with our headlights on, than maybe they are just like more attentive. I could be wrong. I mean, I think the light, like, right, but they've um, seen even it just a red best, light yeah. is more like, it, it's more visible than right. like, whatever you're wearing during the daytime. Right, it's, it, it's, I would imagine, yeah, it stands out more than just a, a bright... But that was like the first, you know, the, but it was, you know, this was June, yeah, and it's still like somewhere around 10 o'clock, 
it was cold. And yeah. you know, you go in these little rollers, mm -hmm. and it's like you go into the little the dips at the bottom of the rollers, and yeah. it's chilly. And yeah. it was like I was, I was a couple uh, the last hour, I was like mm -hmm. more wanted to be done because I was cold and I yeah. was like super tired. Um, um, how are your okay? Um, your you got lights in the the front and the back, right? Right. Um, how are they? These are super long rides. Are you you're running a dynamo? I uh, yeah I am. Okay, and they're doing both lights. Yes. Okay. What kind of dynamo are you using? Because I know I messed you up on the Strava net. Like, how is that? How does that working? Like, how? What kind of what kind of setup do you have? So there? it's a Sun. Sun S O N, something. I looked it up after that. Okay. Um, and then it's a a, a Bausch and Bosch and something. Okay. Um, headlight. Okay. Um, and I, Bosch and whatever makes the tail light as well. And the tail light, it doesn't flash. It's just on. It's just on. Okay. And actually, that's like. It, it PVP, you'd, you'd get dequalified if you had a flashing a flash light. right. The front and rear have to be solid lights. Because it's like against the lawn? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's disconcerting. I mean, you know, if you do group, like I, this past Saturday, we did the outpost did a nocturnal mm -hmm. yep. 200K yep. to um, Jamestown and back. Yep. Yeah, if you're in a group and, you have like, there's another cyclist. I mean, you're in a group of cyclists and the people in front of you have flashing rear lights it's yeah. it's really annoying slash disorientating right it's and really it annoying, actually yeah. rained some on that on saturday and that was like i ended up going at one point from charles city to the bridge i ended up going to the front mainly because i could see better at the front because it was raining and i didn't have like the flashing lights and then the the flashing lights um aggravated by the rain yeah okay and then if you have just one person in front of you you know you're field of vision is really reduced right. i mean if you're all the way at the back it's i found either at the front or the back like being second wheel is normally the best place to be but at yeah. night not not so much slight reduction okay but um, yeah so yeah i think i think this the law in france anyway but it's a dq from a from there for the event yeah okay. and, and if you if they come across across you and you don't have a light that's a dq gotta have a light gotta have a light um so it's and you gotta have your vest okay um so you're running the dynamo. Um, one second. It's only in the front hub. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, and this is kind of for my my information. Is that dynamo? Did it come with the bike, or you bought that? You bought that wheel separate to go in the, there with the, the wheel separate. Yeah. Okay. And Braden built the wheel. Okay. Yeah. All right. So he, yeah. I mean, it's a fairly, like people that commute, people that do bike packing. Yeah. I mean, it's a pretty standard thing. Because okay. then, and I had one for PVP. My friend Tim, in both cases, <clears throat> he just used like the light in motion. They make one of their ones is actually called the Rand Randonair light, mm -hmm. and it lasts for a long time. Okay. But with the dyno, you don't have to worry about it. It's not okay. like the batteries, you know, your legs yeah. are the battery. <laughs> okay. Um. So I mean, it's six of one, half dozen the other. I mean, it's whatever. You know, it's it's there's definitely. Um, you ask the question and then I look and then somebody else put a link and it yeah. tells you. So like when it's off, it's using two watts. When it's on, it can be using like five to seven watts. Oh, okay. That's, that's not, Which, but that's if you're long. on those long rides and you're only averaging 140, I mean, it's, you know, okay. it could be 5% of your wattage. Okay. All right. It's not nothing. Right. Like, I mean, but whether it's, you know, so, I mean, it's that versus, like, you have something you clip on your handlebars that 
eventually runs out. That could that could run out. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, all right, that's good to know. I, I don't have any plans for any like massively long rides through the night, um, but it's good to know there's an option. But different. even if you like, if you like, and I normally don't ride that bike on like on the roll call rides, mm-hmm. but like if I like if I'm gonna do it tomorrow, like I don't have to worry. Did I charge my battery? Right. So if yeah. you just get up and want to ride, you don't have to like. Oh, did I charge it? Right. Like, the light it doesn't matter. Working. Okay. Or like if you're you go to a friend's house and you ride your bike and it's like, oh, all of a sudden it's dark. It's like, oh, I mean, if it's okay. attached to your bike, yeah. it's always, you know, it's, it's, it's so awful. from a convenience point of view, I think, I think in Europe now that they're like, well, some parts of Europe there is required on a mm-hmm. bike. Um, so you've done this massive ride. Um, you do the 1200 K this June and you're planning on going back, um, this year for the Paris? It's 20, Next, next year, year. Next, yeah, next year. Okay. August. So yeah, a month from uh, a year from now. Oh right, every four years. Yeah. Right. Okay. Um, do you feel cha- like what's what's the thought of like doing these massive rides? Like, why? As opposed <laughs> to just like I'm just gonna show up and do my 20 mile ride with my friends. Like, why I, why the massive rides? I don't know. I mean, it's I don't know. T- Tim puts it as like it's yeah it's it's sightseeing with a with a time limit but it's I mean his goal for next time is to do it better like okay. like we screwed around at the controls we had this you know the hotel that we spent more time like getting there and getting back than we did probably sleeping it mm-hmm. was like you know we had some issues with flat so it was like if, if we get rid of most of those errors or mm-hmm. whatever then we can do it. We can get more sleep. I mean, that would, like we're not going to try to do it faster. I mean, there's people that are like, oh, I want to do it in 60 hours. Yeah. Or whatever. I mean, yeah. they usually, I mean, they do tell you like the, the, the fastest first person, times. Okay. You know, okay. And it's like 50 some hours or maybe less. I don't know. Yeah. It's, it's crazy. I mean, I think our moving time was like less than 60. Okay. But it was like, yeah, you t- take that from, from 90 and you go oh there's 30 hours you get and like of that 30 we probably got like 12 hours sleep it's yeah. like you know there's a I mean there's a lot of opportunity there even if you don't ride any faster to get like more sleep okay so the the, the idea is you're either riding eating or sleeping that's an interesting uh, kind of goal is like to do a ride so you can get more sleep in the ride yeah I think. Um, uh, okay so so you like the the sightseeing, you the, the challenge of these things, or you just gives you something to do? Yeah, I guess. Okay. I mean, it, yeah. I mean, it's like well, but when you have that, then it gives you like okay, then now I've got to do a two, three, and four, so and six. So like uh-huh. okay, which ones am I gonna do, and then be prepared for those. It's kind of like it's you know you have this one goal, but then all of a sudden you've got all this subset of, oh, so of other goals, which I don't know. It's like it's finding the things that motivate you. And so like if you have this one big goal that motivates you, you can set all these other goals. And even if in and of themselves, they're not, it, by themselves, maybe they wouldn't be that big of a goal, but mm-hmm. but they're, they're a stepping stone to a bigger goal. Okay. I mean, um, I've always kind of done my mediocre racing, but it was always like, it's not as much that, the racing was always kind of like my excuse to train. Okay. Okay. I mean, it's 
it's a different I mean you know there's plenty of people that ride a lot that never yeah. race may, maybe even hardly even do events mm-hmm. you know like official events or yeah. events you have to pay for but it's like so they're motivated you know I don't know what their motivation is yeah. but like if you have if you put these things on your calendar then you're like okay now I like I need to go out and train before them yeah Um, because I've got this thing coming up um, so we'll back up a bit so prior to let me sure I've got this right uh, 2018 you do Dirty Kanza which is now Unbound right correct okay Uh, 2018 was the first time you did Dirty Kanza yes okay Um, 200 miles miles gravel gravel finance um, had you done that distance prior to that? No. So, well, yes, on on pavement. Okay. So the start of my really long rides. Yes. Yeah, I, I, I longer than two hundred k. Sure. So before outpost, I I I don't think I'd done over like hundred and ten. So like I'd done cap to cap, and then ridden there and back from the fan. Right. You know, okay. and so some hundred mile rides with a little nominal before out. So, in 2017, like, I think Dirty Kanza kind of got on my radar. I was kind mm-hmm. of, intri- I, I found out about it. It was intriguing to me. Um, but I was kind of like, I mean, they have other distances, but it's like, if in my mind, if I was going to go to Kansas, I wanted to do the yeah, two yeah, sure. So, um, I think, I don't know if it was 20, that year or the previous year, a triathlete friend of mine he always used to at the end of the season he would do these do these various things so one year he did an he did an Everest Everesting in Tarrington okay. okay and then I think just prior to when Brantley did this he did he wanted to do the cap trail four times in 24 hours okay. which he didn't he pulled the plug after three okay three times okay but at some point in 2017, Brantley said something about, "Oh, I want to do, I want to get the record, the Strava for um, the cap to cap double." Okay. So I was like, "Okay, I'm in." Mm-hmm. And so we had, and we sent something out, and so some people were going to do the first hundred with us, and some mm-hmm. other people were going to do the second hundred with us. Yeah. So um, anyway, we started whatever. We, so I've never like it was one of the few times I've ever driven to Shiplock. Okay. I'm like three miles away. Yeah. But I drove there so I could have my car with my cooler. And mm-hmm. So we got started. We, we, we rode to Jamestown, came back. And on the way back, I was just, I felt like it was, I felt like hell. Like yeah. I, some, somewhere around four mile, it was just like, oh my God, I'm so tired. It's like 75 miles in. I'm okay. like, you know, and we're going to do 200. <laughs> and, then, and then the worst thing is like you actually get to your car. Yeah. You know, and oh, you're like, okay, yeah, I now stop. I got to go. Yeah away from my car and and we were there longer than you know Brantley he's always um, mm-hmm. always takes longer so we're sitting there and I'm like oh come on we gotta go because I'm like losing losing my mojo whatever mojo yeah anyway so we get going again on the second loop and I'm I actually start feeling better as we start riding okay so we're going and actually this was this was the ride I first met Tim I hadn't mm-hmm. met Tim before so he did a little, he was actually going to do the whole thing, but he had some other, something, um, conflict. So he did a little bit of the first one okay. and then he rode the whole way there and back. And that was a godsend. He, he did, he, did the pulling. He, he pulled a good bit and, and he's, he's a chatty guy, which is really, which I've done like every 
Brevet I've done, I've done with Tim. I've never done one without him. But he's like, so it's like it makes the time go by. Mm-hmm. You know, he's always got, you know, there's always something interesting to talk about. Sure. Um, so anyway, so we get going on the second leg. And uh, yeah, I mean, it starts to get better and better. At some point I was like, oh, I don't know if I can do this. But then you kind of like you work through that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I have to say this because this is an interesting little tidbit. So there was this guy that was on the outpost club eric um mm-hmm. it was on the ride so he was on he was on the second loop and we get to and brantley and i had talked about it, it was kind of funny we talked about it a couple of times about because he was gonna i don't know if the strava segment exists it's one of those it's not like the regular ones it's like a hidden okay. segment which i don't know how like i've never made a strava segment of okay any time. okay so i don't know if it existed before this or not but anyway and he was like, oh, yeah, we're, and we, were, we were both being nonchalant about yeah. it, right? Um, so we get to the 7-Eleven. Okay, yep. And we just, we, we cross over, and we, we're on the little flat before the downhill. Mm-hmm. And I look up, and Eric's like, oh, I'm going to do a sprint. And so he's like 30 <laughs> yards down the road. Yeah. And Tim turns to me, and you're like, and goes, you're not going to let him get away with that, are you? <laughs> and I didn't even, like, I didn't even think twice. It was just kind of like. No, and I just like went. Yeah, and so I think, and then so, a few seconds later, Brantley was like, "Oh shit!" <laughs> but anyway, Brantley didn't catch me, so um, Brantley still hasn't forgiven me five years later. <laughs> um, <laughs> but this is in the middle of this thing, and you're you're no, this is the end. This, this is, is the end. end. Okay, this, this is, is okay. This okay, is okay. okay. This, this is, is the end. end. Okay. So it's, so this is like if it's going to be a segment, whoever got there first was going to get the segment. It was going to ah, get okay. the KOM, right? Okay. So that's, sure. That's that's what it's. Ah, okay. Yeah. Um, who did? Who? He oh, did. I did. Okay. Yes, I did. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, because Eric went, and then it, like I hadn't, I hadn't really planned on that. But then yeah. he he went, and then Tim said that, and I just kind of went chased after Eric, and I caught him and passed him, and you know wherever the, you know it was one where of those where I'm not exactly sure where the end is. You yeah. Know? It's mm-hmm. like you get to mile fifty one. <laughs> right. And um, but that was like okay, so this was like in my mind okay, I can do. These long rides. I can do a 200 mile. Okay. And so then I like, so Dirty Kansas, even then was like, you had to, it was like a lottery. Mm-hmm. So I applied, Braden applied, and then these mountain bike guys, mm-hmm. Dennis Dempsey and those guys, I don't know, Adam I, I know the name, Dennis Dempsey, yeah. Um, and uh, Mike Lipka. Mm-hmm. So the three of them, they applied, and you can do it like if, like if you and I both want to do it, we can mm-hmm. apply together and we either both get in or neither of us. So okay. like if you if you if if you doing it is contingent on me doing it, you can do it that you way. Can apply to you. Okay. So those three guys had applied, and I applied, and Braden applied. The only one that got in was Braden. Mm-hmm. But in those days, you could you could swap entries. Okay. You can't do that anymore. Okay. But um, so at some point, Braden's like he wasn't going to go. Those other guys didn't get in. And I'm like. And I was kind of on the fence, but then like, okay. Um, so uh, the, the current mechanic at Outpost at the time, Kurt, mm-hmm. was like, well, if you want to go, I'll go with you. Okay. And I was like, okay, done. So okay. this is like, ah, uh, this is like April. And the race is like the first weekend in June. Okay. But I've been like, I mean, I've been riding, you know, a lot. So it yeah. wasn't like, you know. So anyway, so Kurt and I went, mm-hmm. um, 
And then, so, oh, and this is funny too. So once, once he said he was going, I was like, okay. And then I'm like, okay, I got to find somewhere to, to stay. So I started looking. Yeah. So the way Kansas is, it's like a town and then like 50 miles in each direction, there's another town. So okay. this is in Emporia. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> there's nothing. So like, there's no hotel within, like literally there's hotels that are 50 miles out. Mm-hmm. And so then I go on Airbnb and I don't see anything. And then all of a sudden this thing pops up and it's a sorority house. Okay. <laughs> so end up, I ended up booking the sorority house. Okay. And so they had never, they hadn't done it before, but it was like, it was a, because this is like right after school gets out. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, there had been a link to like, you could, Emporia State is there. It was like, you could stay in the dorms, but that was already full too. Okay. But this thing popped up. And so, anyway, so I booked booked it there, and it turned out it was like the best. It's like yeah. two blocks from the start. Oh, nice! It was like these women that had gone to Emporia State. They, I mean, they had been sorority girls, but mm-hmm. they're you know whatever middle aged now. Yeah. And they were doing this as a fundraiser. Mm-hmm. So they were, and they were just so like upbeat and helpful. And yeah. I mean, it's a dorm room with linoleum floors and a yeah. crappy yeah. little yeah. bed, yeah. but it's like it's perfect. And like the race morning, they had breakfast at four a.m. You know, because okay. they know the races at right, six. Yes. They had a pasta dinner the night before, which wasn't mm-hmm. very good, but it met the needs. And everywhere right. in town was totally slammed because, you know, it's a tiny town. And right. you Everyone's got all there. these people there. So it worked out that that was good. Kurt was there. I mean, he's a mechanic. So he's mm-hmm. not, you know, a lot of times people just have like their friend or their spouse. Mm-hmm. So it's like, okay, if you, if you need somebody to hand you some fig bars, that's great. But if you need like your bike fixed, fixed or something it's, like not, that. it's yeah. a little more dicey. So anyway, so um, the race, I, um, I'm trying to think because I did it. <laughs> so um, it starts out, and so this year they had um, Jens Voigt. Have you heard about him? Uh, he used to be a pro, and then he was a commentator on sounds NBC familiar. for a while. Okay. Yeah. So they had Jens Voigt, and then they had Sven Nice, okay. who was a cyclocross star. Okay. Uh, that never really went into pro to road racing so mm-hmm. he's, it's more of a niche but he's like like probably one of the best ever cyclocross racers okay. so tr- they're both track athletes so they were both there okay so when i went to line up so i went fairly early so um jens was right there oh, yeah. so i got my picture with Jens. Okay. so it was like before the thing had started unlike like pvp where yeah. it was like you know i got my picture with him yeah and then we got going and I wasn't very aggressive, so it's like there's a, there's a mile, and then you turn on the gravel, and then you don't see like a mile on the road through town, then you turn mm-hmm. on the gravel, and then you literally don't see pavement again till like the last mile. Okay. But we turn on the gravel, and I'm too far back, really. But at some point mm-hmm. in the early on, like Sven had stopped to pee or something, yeah. and he's going by, and I don't, you know, mostly cyclocross. Uh, I mean, these gravel guys don't know who he is, but I killed myself and I got on his wheel and I rode on his wheel for like a mile. So that was like, okay, I haven't even got to the first checkpoint and I've got like, like, it's not a disaster. So I get to the first checkpoint. I don't feel too bad, you know. Mm I get I I refuel. I, I had a like a camelback thing which mm-hmm. I never use, but it's just like the distances are like you it's just can't, yeah. can't have enough water because it's just three stops in two hundred miles. Oh okay. Yeah. So the first one was like sixty miles. Right. Yeah. Those are um, And so then you know, and I've been mainly with groups, and I had and I and I put air like 
Brayton had cobbled together some error bars for my gravel bike like two days before I left. Yeah. Because all of a sudden I'm reading this stuff and every, you know, and the people that really know and they're like, yeah, you really want error bars. And I'd right. done my little stint as a triathlete and done some time trial. So I'd spent enough time in time trial on error bars that I was comfortable. Is the, is the benefit there just because you're in an error position for the whole thing or is it some other additional benefits? I think life? the biggest thing is it's comfort. Okay. Like if you're used to being in that position and the position is right, you're taking all the pressure off your hands hands, and your hands aren't getting so beat up and you can kind of like, it's on your shoulders, not like on your arms, like the triceps. Yeah. So, and there's the area advantage. Okay. So I think for the the long, and it's not a very, like Kansas plays to my strength, which means it's not super technical. Okay. I mean, there's a lot of sort of rolling hills, but it's not, it's not. It's not twisty. Okay. So you can just get in the error bar and stay there. Okay. You know, the gravel's pretty good, mostly. <laughs> sure. Um, so, but this is the bike that you were, you just, your drop handlebar gravel bike. Right. Your, okay. It was a Niner RLT. Um, when you put the arrow bars in there, did you change your saddle position or anything like that? No. Okay. Well, in this case, absolutely not, because I only put them on like two days before I left. Okay. I literally, he, he used parts from like three different arrow bar setups okay to, to put this thing together um and you found them decently comfortable yes okay yeah okay okay yeah um I, I i asked because i always figured that if you put arrow bars on and you clear your different position and then your drops that you would need to adjust the saddle to accommodate for the, the well you can, i mean and i've played around with this and i still haven't come to a definitive what's the best saddle for for that like i'm i'm not particularly picky about saddles but like yeah like on a time trial bike like the, the split saddle mm-hmm. oh, is yeah. definitely the thing but like yeah. when you're on like a gravel bike I don't necessarily I, I don't think I want that kind of a saddle okay. so I still have a couple of different road mainly road type saddles okay okay but you're um, also a little higher up because just by because you're having to put it above the bars so okay. you're not like super low like okay. you would be if you were in a dedicated time trial bike ah good point right the bars are a little bit elevated over the plane of the handlebars okay so i mean and that depends on the drop you have on your road bike relative to you know but, okay okay but yeah in this particular case i made no there was no no time or thought of any other right no time to change that. yeah yeah um so you do this 200k or excuse me, 200 miles right gravel um how much more difficult was this compared to the 200 miles on the road? This, that was the hardest thing I'd ever done yeah. to that point in time. Okay. So through the first checkpoint, like I was tired, but I felt good. First checkpoint to second, to first checkpoint to second checkpoint. I was still making good time. I was staying with some groups. I felt pretty good. Second checkpoint, so it's 200 miles, and the second checkpoint was pretty much the furthest south. Okay. And at that point, you turn north, and then the, you had a headwind. Okay. When I left checkpoint two, I had a headwind, and for whatever reason, I just was by myself. So yeah. So I was basically close to 60 miles. I was mostly by myself into a headwind. Mm-hmm. When I got to checkpoint three, like I was, like I was probably as spent then as I'd ever been ever. Yeah. And I still had like forty some miles to go, but I 
I pull in. Kirk's there. I mean, and that's the other thing. Like having, like he, they have, like some you can get some like neutral support. But okay. like when you pull in somewhere and you can like see somebody you know, yeah. it's like it's really like. Yes. Comfort. Yeah. Comfort. <laughs> so, and he had a minivan. Like he had everything set up. He had a bike stand. So like pull, you know. So each time like he just threw the bike on the bikes. I didn't have any mechanicals, stand. but just like wiped the chain down, looped the chain, just checked nice. it. Nice. Okay. Whatever. Okay. Had all this food set up so I could just stuff my pockets with mm -hmm. stuff. But when I got in there, I'm like, okay, I need a minute. Like I had to like, yeah. Because there's this whole thing about like, I don't know. There's a lot of people there that do it as a ride. Mm -hmm. I'll get into that in a minute. Yeah. I have this thing about rides versus races. Okay. But anyway, so I'm still got this race mentality. And and actually, in um, in Kirk goes, yeah. Um, Yen's just left. Mm -hmm. So I mean, this guy. That I mean, he's still like. Ten plus years younger than me. Yeah. And, I mean, ex-pro, but I mean, he's not probably training, but he's only like fifteen minutes in front of me. Yeah. And I'm like, okay. So anyway, I, I kind of we 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 gather myself, get going, and then I find a group. Okay. And it's like six guys and me, and they're all younger, and they're all like gung ho, you mm -hmm. know. And it's like it's in those kind of events, it's weird because even though like short events, like the people that are stronger than you are like always up the road yeah but there's enough people that have had like mishaps mm -hmm. flats crashes sure. maybe they just spent too long in the controls so there's people sometimes coming by you that are like stronger you right. know like yeah. you want to be with yeah. them right sure so i'm in this group of like six guys and i'm like the oldest by 20 years yeah <laughs> and they like and i'm taking my pulls but these guys are like taking these hero pulls okay and we're still into this headwind and so it, it just keeps going and keeps going. And then all of a sudden, it's like me and one other guy. Like everybody else has dropped off. Yeah. And it's like, I'm, I know I'm the weakest, but it's just yeah. like, you know, um, old yeah. man strength. <laughs> <laughs> so we yeah. finally we finally get back. So I'm me and this one guy I've been riding with. So me and him for like the last 10 miles. And we get onto the pavement. And okay. so you get on the pavement. There's like one last little hill. Not quite like Tredegar, but... Similar mm -hmm. to Treadwell, okay, which is just right. like the little kick in the nuts. Yeah, yeah. Like <laughs> a mile from the finish on the pavement. Okay. But right when we get onto, so we're before that little kicker, we get on the pavement. There's an old guy, mm -hmm. like because you know it's all about age group. Yeah. Racing, right? And you you can't tell. There's no difference in the numbers. That you don't have different colors or. Sure. So it's like, I wonder if this guy's in my age group. This is what I'm thinking. Yeah. You know, some other guy with gray hair. So. Anyway, so we get to him, and, and so he kind of tacks on to us. When we hit that pitch, I'm like, okay, this is it. Yeah. <laughs> so I gun it up this pitch, and then there's like less than a mile. Like you go through Emporia State, and then you come down to this, um, the finish line. Right? Yeah. So it's downtown, <laughs> downtown Emporia. Yeah. And it's like half a mile, and it's, you know, they've got the barricades. Mm -hmm. And there's just a shitload of people. Yeah. Um, and he yells. Um, but anyway, so I just kept the gas on all the way to finish. Turns out that guy was in my age group, and I got seventh okay. out of like a hundred and some in my age group. That's and awesome. I was like so spent, but so like um, um, happy. So, yeah, <laughs> yeah, man, that is um, a huge accomplishment. You know, at the at whatever age you yeah. live in, right? So that is a um, 
that's a that's a huge accomplishment, man. Um, how was the gravel? Was it like chunky gravel, little gravel? Like Most that? of it was pretty smooth. Most of it's like Loudoun County kind of gravel. Okay. But the sections that are bad are really bad. So, okay. Which is kind of like so if it's bad, you kind of have to go slow. Okay. And, or it's okay, and you can just go at, at your speed. Okay. So it pretty much worked out for me that way. Like, and there was some of the downhills where, like, I definitely wasn't going. Like, when I was in that group of guys, it was like a couple of times when they kind of lost me on the downhills, and then I had to like work my way back up to them because yeah. they would take the downhills faster. And I, at that point, I'm like, I, like the last thing I wanted to do is like crash or yeah, or you don't want to wipe out or yeah. something. So yeah. like, I, I mean, I didn't really. I in that. In that race, I had no clue where I was, mm-hmm. like overall or oh, the like, placement. Yeah, yeah. Or in my age group, I had no idea, and I didn't really, like, I had no real expectations. Okay. Like I'm just racing to do the best I can do. Yeah. Um. So I really didn't like. I really didn't know where I was. I mean, like it was a while after I finished before I kind of, mm-hmm. you know. And then it was like, oh well, they because they have like a five place podium and yeah. I was seventh, so it's kind of like. So that kind of like, oh, I want to try this again. Yeah. Which is still awesome. You, I mean, that was not like seven of seven people. That was like right, seven, right, right. seven of like, what, 70, 80 people or something? I guess. Yeah. Yeah. I think that year, because I was like in the 55, to 50, which was like one of the, the most people. Yeah. You know, like for some reason, some of these endurance <laughs> things, like the 50 to 59 is like, that's um, there's most some, people. It was a while ago, but I heard about there's some like ultra running events. And that usually when it's the, when it's the men, it's the older, the much older guys are the ones who end up winning or getting the best time for these ultra running events for some, for some reason. So, who knows? Well, I mean, I, there's definitely, I mean, you know, even in the pro things, I mean, I don't know, there's some prodigies out there, but I mean, the later in the career, still not, I mean, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, yeah. there's Alejandro Valverde, who's 42, mm-hmm. that's racing in the Vuelta. He's still in the top 20. You know, it's forty-two, but I mean, it's but it always used to be that the like your peak age for the Grand Tours was sort of mm-hmm. closer to thirty-five. Yeah. Um, of course, like Pagacha and even Napole are kind of throwing that up in there. Um. <laughs> um, <clears throat> so you do Dirty Hands up twenty eighteen, I believe is our year here. Yeah. Um, Play seventh in yeah. your age group. You finish this thing. Do you think is the thought like I want to I want to come back and do this again or just like yeah eh, okay yeah no okay. it was it was like yeah I want to come back and I want to I want to I want to get on the podium okay so and I got in in 2019 I was I was in better shape I knew mm-hmm. more what to expect the course was completely different so it went instead I mean like completely different because it went north from Emporia instead of south so like none of the same roads at all. But still, all gravel. All gravel. Yeah. Okay. Um, and so I was much better prepared. But um, so there was there was a guy there that I knew that I raced with on some some other gravel stuff. Yeah. Um, so he and I. So I was a bit more aggressive about lining up, um, and there was like a front pack. Okay. And an hour in, I'm still in the front pack, which is yeah. still like 150 people. Yeah. It's like it is the front. I mean, the the EF guys are still there, like mm-hmm. Taylor Finney, and those, those it's still that same pack. Yeah. And then I drop my chain. Oh, okay. And um, so I pull over and I like 
I'm panicking and I yank on it and I twist the chain. So I end up having to take some links out. Okay. So, I mean, you know, so like I pull over, it was like literally, I didn't see anybody for like four or five minutes and then another big group came. I mean, we'd yeah. already separated. Yeah. And then it was like group after group after group. Um, and so I didn't, I took out a couple of links. I didn't take out enough. Yeah. So my chain still had a, so like if I put pressure on it, it would skip. Yeah. So this is like 22 miles in and the first rest, the first con stop is like at 60. Okay. So for 40 miles, I'm limping with this chain. That's going okay. And it, and a couple of little uphills I had to get off and walk because I couldn't put enough pressure. The chain would drop. Okay. So I get oh. to the first rest stop. Mm -hmm. my, my buddy's there. We yeah. put a new chain on. Yeah. And then I go. But I'm... So... I forgot what it was. Because he, he... So it was like, there's 120 guys in my age group. Yeah. So I'm like 90th at this point. After the first... And that's going into the first checkpoint. It didn't... Because the timing mats before you go in, yeah. so we probably took longer because we had to change the chain. And yeah, yeah. In it. and he wasn't a mechanic; it was a friend of mine. Yeah, it wasn't Kurt, so he's mm -hmm. not a mechanic. I'm not a mechanic, so all this took a while. Right, you figured it out. So then I'm like, okay, well, I'm just gonna like. So they have this. Um, so it starts at six thirty. Sunsets like at eight fifteen or eight thirty, mm -hmm. and so they have what they you get a patch. It's like mm -hmm. uh, beat the sun glow. Yeah. Which is actually, that's my um, profile pic on Strava. Okay. So now now you can see the relevance of that. Okay. So so the first year when I was seventh, I beat the time, right? So I yeah. got that patch. So they have that patch until sunset at eight something. Then they have the midnight club. So if you come in between them, then and midnight, you get the midnight club patch. And then if you come in between... Midnight and three o'clock, which you think is the cutoff, you get the breakfast club. Package. Okay. But, you know, prior to starting the event, like, okay, getting another Beat the Sun Club was like not like, mm -hmm. I thought that was like, okay, that's no big deal. But now I'm like, okay, I'm way behind mm -hmm. both time wise and place wise. Yeah. Like, I'm not going to podium. I mean, that's like, no okay. It's like I know that. Like, you know, all my real aspirations were out the window. Okay. But I'm like, you know. Do your best. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. and it's like, if I hadn't been in Kansas and driven to Kansas and like, you know, it would have been like, well, screw this. I'm I'll just go going to take my <laughs> bike and go home. But I'm like, yeah, I'm going to do the best I can do. Yeah. And I actually had a pretty decent race okay. um, after that. And I ended up 12th. Okay. In my age group. So I was like, I was pleased with my race. In, but then, like, there were no big groups to ride with. It was kind of like, mm -hmm. you know, what I had learned the first time, I kind of had applied to the first hour of the second race, but then I couldn't really, you know. So, so then, so then I'm like, okay, I've got this. I still have this um, unmet right desire you know, to go back. Desire. To, yeah. So the next year was COVID, and then in 21, I didn't get in. Okay. Like it's lottery i didn't get in so yeah. then this year i got in again mm -hmm. and so and then my current mechanic at outpost sam said he'd go with me okay awesome so um and again like all three times stayed in the same place okay same because it's like kind of one of those like okay you're on the list if you want to go you know tell mm -hmm. us and you know we'll, we'll space for it. sure um so 
anyway, and then it, and it went south again. So it was like the same route as the first time I'd done. So okay. they uh, switched it up. So I got a good start, was in good groups, and it was just, um, again, I kind of like always felt pretty comfortable. Um, so, oh, so <laughs> one other point to make here is in both of those first two years, it was hot as balls. Yeah. And people were, I mean, like, I probably did as well as I did the second time because people were like, like people dropped out from like heat stroke or, you know, they just got too hot and whatever. I don't know if it's like officially heat stroke, but basically, mm -hmm. you know, they were cramping up or, you know, effects of the, of the heat. So this time it was cool. Yeah. So we get going, I get through the first, well, there's a, so this, each time it's a little different. So there was a neutral water stop at 40 miles. Okay. I knew nobody would stop. Yeah. which nobody did. I yeah. mean, nobody that's racing it is going to stop. So I had my camelback thing. I had two yeah. bottles. I was fine. So I go through go through the first, and so the first checkpoint's 80 miles. So I have okay. stuff to get me 80 miles. So at some point after the first water stop, it starts raining. Okay. And it's cold rain. And it gets muddy. And so you're in a, I'm in a group of 20, 25 guys yeah. on gravel. And if, you, if you're on the wheel, you're just getting sprayed. Yeah, right. In mud. the face, yeah. I mean, it's not just like on the road where you're getting water. It's mm -hmm. like, it, so, you know, it's just trying to make the best of it, right? Mm -hmm. and, there were, and then there was like one, like one uphill pitch where it, it stopped raining and then this uphill pitch and it was kind of like peanut butter. Basically, you have to walk. <laughs> right. So yeah. get through all this, get to the, the 80 mile um, checkpoint, got my new, swapped out my camelback thing, mm -hmm. got water. I mean, I was in and out two minutes, like yeah. the, both of the other few times, like, you know, I kind of like, I took a few minutes, but this yeah. was like in and out. It was more like an F1 style, yeah. mm -hmm. you know. Nice. And got in, you know, and as soon as I got, I was, got out of the, the checkpoint, mm -hmm. and I was like, man, I got to pee. And there were two guys that had been in the group I was in, I, they were on the side. I'm like, okay. Yeah. So I pull over <laughs> and, um, yeah. managed to, Get it done and get yeah. on the road with them because they mm -hmm. were both, you know, a couple of, again, it's like as an old guy, you're looking for a couple of younger guys that are like yeah. nice and strong. Take that effort, yeah. And so I get on with them and, and again, we get, we get going. There was some rain, there was some mud. We get to the, nothing too major. We get to the, um, the, the, so there's two checkpoints where there's people. So we get to the, the next checkpoint, um, so this is like 160 miles in mm -hmm. and I'm like, okay, I'm in good shape. Once again, get in and out and like my, um, I forgot what it was. Um, oh, my, my phone's dying. Right. So Sam was keeping track of me with some app. Right. Okay. And he, and he could text me. So we, I, so that's the other thing. So the first checkpoint, I don't think he, I don't think he knew anything yet. So the second checkpoint, which is, so this is 160 miles in, he goes, you're in second. I was like, holy shit. Yeah. Like, I didn't really know. And I was like, well, how far is in front is first and how far back is third? He didn't know. Yeah. Right. Okay. So um, I'm like, holy shit. And then I was like, my phone's almost dying. And I'm like, oh, I don't. So I had to like a little brick, you know, mm -hmm. just it's like the size of a small cigar. Right. Yeah. yeah. And so like I'm running and he's like plugging into my phone and putting <laughs> it into my back pocket so he can like text Keep me. Keep it charged. Yeah. Um, and so anyway, so I get going and like, Five miles after this, there's just this ungodly mud section. Like yeah. Everybody's walking. 
I mean, it's just like peanut butter mud. You can't even, you have to carry your bike because if your bike is rolling, the mud is just taking up in the bottom bracket underneath the. And I'm like, oh my God. But then I'm like, okay. And it's hot. Like all of a sudden it got hot. You know, like it had all this rain and I I literally was cold earlier. Now I'm like, it's in the sun. Mm -hmm. It's this mud is getting like, you know how it, it, it was soupy, but now it's just like getting hot. Yeah, I mean it's getting sticky because it's hot and it's evaporating, and I'm like, oh my god! So I, find, you know, but I'm like, okay, everybody else has to do this too, right. you know. So we get through that, and then at the bottom is a creek, and this seems to be typical. They have like these creeks, and there's like a concrete bridge, but there's water like at least six or eight inches okay. over the top. Okay. Of the concrete, and the concrete's got like big divots at. Like if you try to ride through these things, like. Yeah. You maybe can go through them at full speed, and you yeah. maybe can hit something and like yeah. destroy your yeah. front wheel. But everybody stopped cleaning their bike, okay. and they actually at check-in they gave everybody like these mini um, paint stirrers that okay. they use for like a pint, okay. a pint of paint. Okay, and they call yeah. them mud sticks. Okay, so you can you can yeah. take the and mud it out. Definitely yeah. came in um, came in handy. So I cleared as much mud, just as much as I thought I needed to get going, yeah. and. Um, get going again and then like but then at this point i'm not with anybody yeah. so i'm going and i'm like you know feeling okay you know mm-hmm. as good as you feel after you know 10 and a half hours at this point. wait what uh what mile marker were you talking so about we're just we're like at 165 170 okay all right and so i'm riding and then this girl comes up to me and she's she's really strong so mm-hmm. i i end up riding with her for i don't know five or ten miles mm-hmm. and she she's run out of water and she's mm-hmm. looking for water and there's some locals so like occasionally mm-hmm. it's like locals that are like have water or whatever and and they go yeah we have water so she stops i'm fine with water so i i go up a couple hundred yards to pee yeah and i'm like right when i'm doing this like these three guys go by and i'm like shit like i want yeah. to jump onto that train <laughs> And then, like, I can hear her talking with the locals, right? Yeah. She's, she's, she's more, like, in the riding mode all of yeah. a sudden. Yeah. I'm like, ah. And then, just as I'm getting on the bike to start slow pedaling, two other guys come by. Yeah. I'm like, okay, I got to go. So, yeah. I jump on with them. And they are just, I mean, they're both, like, in their early 20s. And they're just, I mean, I feel like I'm on the, the Sunday morning CBC ride. Yeah. You know, going out of Osborne. Yeah. I am just, like, on the rivet, staring at their free wheel. Yeah. But it was like, this is perfect. It's like an hour to go. I want to get it over with. Like, I think I'm second. Like, I don't want to end up like second and feel like I didn't do everything I could. Yeah. And if I'm better than that, then I don't want to give anybody else a chance to come up to me. Yeah. So I'm like, I mean, it, it was it was really pretty much the perfect scenario because I'm going like as fast as I can go on somebody's Right, wheel. someone else is taking the effort. And so like the two of us, or those two guys and me, and I, I'm taking... Pulls. Mm-hmm. I'm not doing my yeah. fair share, but I'm taking pulls. <laughs> so we catch up with the three guys that had passed me a little bit earlier while I was on the side of the road. And so then there's the five of us, and then, um, or six of us, and then all of a sudden, I mean, but one of those guys is just really, really strong. And yeah. at some point, it was just me and him. Yeah. And he turns to me and he goes, are you going to help? And I said, I said, look, I'm 60. I, I said, I'll do what I can, but I'm just trying to hold your wheel for as long as I can. I mean, yeah. I was totally like, yeah. and then like, I don't know if he even asked me to pull after that. Yeah. And so like, I was on his wheel till like a few miles to go. And then I was like, I just like, at some point I just like pop. Yeah. And so then I get onto the, 
the pavement. It's always the same pavement where like you're on the pavement and then there's this it's one little climb. And this time yeah. it's earlier because my, I think the, the winds were favorable. I, I had shorter stops, blah, blah, blah. So it was like, there were a bunch of people out. Like yeah. the times before there hadn't been, there was like this whole little party going on in this hill and everybody's yeah. like, you know, heckling. Anyway, I'm, and I'm like, you know, and there was, there was somebody came, comes by me and the, so the people heckling are like, oh, you got to get on his wheel. You, you, he's 150th, you'll be 151st. Yeah. Some, something like that. Yeah. And I'm like, oh. anyway, I just go and I, you know, and I, and I finish and it yeah. was like, Yeah, I mean, I was, I mean, totally exhausted. Probably not as exhausted as I was the first time. Yeah. Um, the first time I was just like so spent. But I mean, the, don't get me wrong, I was spent. It's still a lot. Yeah. But um, yeah, and then Sam, you know, I found out I won. <laughs> yeah. First so place. It turns out the guy that had been leading all the way up to the second check, he finished third. Okay. So he, I don't know what happened, okay. and then. The guy that was second to me, he was second to me like the whole way. Like okay. and he was always like right there, like six, yeah. six to six to eight minutes. And I think at the end it was like twelve to fifteen. And I'm okay. sure like that gap got pulled out because I was managed to get on those guys' wheels. Um, and then the guy that was in the lead was like another twelve minutes. So I, I don't know whether he had problems, bigger problems in the mud, maybe had okay. some mechanicals or like, but they. So they actually, so they actually do the podiums like the next morning. Okay. Because so many riders yeah. are probably coming um, in. Yeah. And so, but the the guy that had been first and ended up, th he was like the only person that like wasn't happy. Like everybody else is all <laughs> smiling, and he's like, you know, I guess, I don't know. I guess right. he had, I guess he knew he was winning and was and, and still lost, it, lost his place. Yeah. But I mean, my goal was to podium, and I really didn't. Um, and I thought that was realistic. I didn't really think I had a. An opportunity to win. You did. I did. Awesome, man. Um, first place uh, in your in your first place. So age, so age, yeah. So I age, aged age, up. So yeah. this was sixty, and it's sixty plus. There's no more age group. Okay. It's okay. Okay. All right. And um, but there was like seventy-seven starters. So okay. it wasn't. Um, yeah, it wasn't like I beat six people. Okay. Um, and the, the guy that was second, he was actually 65. And so, you know, I, I only rarely do it, but like sometimes before like event, you know, you look at who's signed right. up. Yeah. And so yeah, who's so it, like I had him penciled and then like, oh, this guy's really good. Because mm -hmm. he had been, I don't know if he'd won, but he, he, he had a really good time. Okay. And then I was like, oh, well, he's 65. He'll be in the next age group. And then I was like, oh, actually he won't. That's um, it. Because it's just 60 plus. 60 and 60 yeah, no. no okay. more. But then I like I so he and I now follow each other on Strava and like so he went to like the national um, the the Grand Fondo okay. in Asheville like he won his age group oh the 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 all right the uh, Grand Fondo in Asheville yeah the, the national championship yeah one. Mm -hmm. so like I mean and uh, and he, then he did Steamboat Gravel and he did like really well at podiums okay. there so it's like okay this guy strong is competition like super, yeah super legit okay um, but so, you should hear yeah. that win man. Um, you gonna go? Are you gonna go back? Gonna do, I do, don't do know. Four? No. Um, when I came home, my wife says congratulations, and then she said, "You're done now, right?" <laughs> um, I I I asked that question if you're gonna go back because um, 
uh, not the same level of event. Uh, there's a there's a ride called the Armed Forces Cycling Classic in Arlington, Virginia. It's in June, and it's this. Um, it was one of the first events I'd ever found out about. Um, but it's this like so. Was it nine laps? It's like they close down the roads in Arlington. You can do as many laps as you can you can in three hours. Okay. Um, if you do one to five laps, you get a bronze medal. Six to eight is a silver, and then nine or more is a gold medal. Gold okay. medal, right? First event I'd ever heard about, and I set the goal of I'd like to do nine laps, right? This, you know, because the the speed's like nineteen and a half for three hours um, without stops, and so I was like, yeah, I'd like to do get the get the gold medal. Didn't get it my first year. Didn't get it my second year, but I did this past, whatever this year is, 2022. Um, but then once I did, I was like, do I want to do this again? Like once, once, a, once you've gotten like the, the top place, like, do you want, do I want to go back? So that's why I asked, like, right. do you want to, did you Well, see, like in your case, it's more like, it's more, there's more in your control. Mm-hmm. Like when you, like if, if you're looking for a time or number of laps, yeah, like right, the, right, right. versus Competing against competing people. Against yeah. people I mean, I'm not saying it's good or bad. It's yeah. just like, I mean, that's the thing. I mean, like, do you want to like, be the top Everything performer? went well. Like, yeah. my nutrition was fine. I didn't have any bike problems. Yeah. I got in and out of the checkpoints cleanly. Mm-hmm. I got in good groups to draft with. And I had a good day physically. Yeah. And it's like, any one of those things could have been wrong. Could yeah. have been wrong. I mean, the amount of time I spent at the checkpoints either of the other two years would have. I wouldn't have been in the top three, you know, by reducing my time. And like the first time it was like 30 minutes total. Well, 30 minutes of stop time. The first okay. time I did it, this is out of like 14 hours. Okay. And, you know, and then this time it was like 15. I mean, 15 really? minutes would have put me two places back, you know? So it's like all those things when you're, when you're really competing, right. Like if you're just trying yeah. to yeah. finish the ride, yeah. it doesn't matter. Yeah. But if you're trying to, Compete with compete. compete with others, yeah. I mean, that's I always struggle with that because, like, I the another one I've like I've done this um, um, Croatan, yeah, the buck fifty. Mm-hmm. I've heard that, yeah. And and again, it's like they have checkpoints, and it's like you how you how you do the checkpoints is mm-hmm. huge in how like if you're in a group and you stop and the group doesn't stop. That's it. Like you're, pro- you're never gonna see. You're probably mm-hmm. not gonna see that group again. So it sounds like you're challenged by both um, doing the big rides, the, the big events, and competing against people in the big events. Being yeah. able to compete. Okay. Yeah, being yeah, trying to compete. Yeah. <laughs> um. Okay. Um. And the plan is to just keep doing monster events because uh, Paris Bris Paris well, is like, next year. The, the Paris Bris Paris and those are like they're non-competitive. Right? Okay, so right. the, the it's point of those ride. is yeah. to complete them. Is completing versus competing. And yeah, I, sure. So I have this thing where like there's rides and there's races. Mm-hmm. Okay, and like even PVP is a ride. It's not a race. I mean, yeah. there is a time limit, but it's like like I'm not necessarily trying to minimum maximize my performance right. like to do the best I can I'm just trying to finish it within the parameters um, and I mean you can do things that are called a race and yeah. take treat them like a ride and there's things like I mean there's rides you go on that almost are like a race so so 
if it, if there is if you sign up for a ride, you sign up for an event. Let's call it this. Say you sign up for an event, and there is placement opportunity. Do you race it or do you? Is that what's the determining factor? Like I'm going to race this as opposed to like, I'm just going to ride this. Like is it they have placements and then you you know there is a first, second, fourth, fifth, and you're going to race that. Or is it just well, humans are I mean, there? there I'm no, I don't know. There's races where, or yeah, this ones where there's placements where I don't, I don't treat them like a race. Okay. For whatever reason. Okay. Um, like I did the Belgian waffle last year, and I treated it like a race until about I don't know an hour and a half in, and then I'm like, okay, it's not a like if I'm not competitive. <laughs> like I'm yeah. not, mm-hmm. I'm not going downhill nearly fast. Like I didn't. I'm not with the front guys. Yeah. I'm not going downhill as fast as other people are going. I'm going to still try to ride this as quickly as I can, but I'm not, like, I wasn't really in race mode anymore. Like, okay. I, it went from a, a race to a ride. Okay. Um, but one of the things I like about the brevets is their rides. I'm not, like, like, I don't, like, I don't have to be stressed out about, like, a Croatan buck 50. Like, I'm stressing out about getting through the, like, we... Mm-hmm filling up my water bottles or getting new water bottles because that's you know? just like the the that's just lap so it's like a 50 mile lap well it was a 75 mile 75, lap. okay so okay. it's 150 Twice. miles and okay. well the first time i did it it was three 50 mile laps and then this time they changed it up and made the lap bigger so it was two 75s okay and it was actually a lot better because when it was 50 mile laps they had a 50 100 and 150 and they all used the exact same course so mm-hmm. you're so even if you're doing the 150, there's like all these guys that are doing either okay. a third or two thirds of what you're doing, and they're all mixed in. And it's okay. where once they made the bigger lap, once you went past a little bit past 25 miles, then it's kind of like okay, it's the people doing the longer race are kind of separated from the other people. Okay. Um, okay. Um, uh, so those are your big rides. Um, um, what's your involvement at Outpost? Oh, so. Yeah. Back in 2016, 2016. Um, so Braden, my partner outpost, I guess everybody gets common knowledge. He used to work at, at Carytown. Mm-hmm. He left Carytown. He kind of did his own thing for a while. And he and another friend of mine, Ethan, um, approached me that Braden was looking to open another bike shop. Okay. And so I said I was... Um, so they're looking for a partner, okay. investment. Okay. So I said I was interested, um, okay. and I was actually kind of flattered. I didn't really know, like, Braden was like my, I would consider him like he was my mechanic. He was the mm-hmm. guy I'd go to, but I, like, I didn't really have a, like a, outside of that relationship with sure. Braden and the other guy, Ethan. Again, I, I mean, we were friends, but I did, you know, I wasn't like we weren't close friends. Or anything. Sure. So sure, sure. I mean, I was kind of like uh, flattered, I guess. Yeah. They were. Um, approached me and I said I was interested and I think at the time Braden didn't have a location mm-hmm. you know so we were you know and so my I've been retired from like corporate life for a little bit at that okay. time but I, my sort of side gig is commercial real estate so I was looking oh. around okay. and, I, right. and I found the um, the spot where Outpost is now and mm-hmm. actually it was being sold by somebody that had I had done business with Okay. Um, so anyway, I, I talked to Braden about the spot, mm-hmm. and he he liked the spot, and 
it was bigger than what, what he needed for the for just a bike shop. Yeah. So then he had this idea of doing you know outpost and have, having you know groceries. Mm-hmm. Um, and anyway, so I managed to procure the spot. We opened up. We had groceries for a while, and then obviously once we had groceries for enough time, we managed to get our ABC license, and mm-hmm. then we um, sell beer and wine. Okay. Um, so it's been a pretty symbiotic. You know, the beer people come in for either bike stuff or I mean those bike customers that only buy bike stuff it's mm-hmm. grocery yep. beer customers that only do those but there's a there's a good amount that do um, that are interested in both and it kind of okay. keeps the atmosphere keeps people coming in and going and, mm-hmm. and I think it's is you know we've had some well I mean of course in retail turnover in in employees but it seems like we've always had a good a good staff that have a good a good atmosphere there okay. um, so I'm I'm happy to be involved with that okay and I've my, my, my only involvement anymore, I, I, I buy the wine, so, <laughs> which involves the tough task of meeting with vendors and tasting wine and, and deciding good, what, yeah. to, uh, mm-hmm. what to stock and what not to stock. Okay. Um, of, the, of the foods there at Outpost, um, do you have something like you, you like particularly at the store? Um, something, something that stands out. <laughs> Let's go with that. Something, something there, food thing, that that happens to stand out there at Outpost. Well, is, is it? I mean, we have we have Chewy's Bagels now. We were one of the places that got like Nate's Bagels mm-hmm. started because he used to do pop ups, and we were one of one of those. So we've we've been kind of like you know, and then he moved and has his right. He's a location spot. now. Yeah. Um. So there's been a number of those. The guy Ames from Ames Hot Honey. There's a lot of the, these small people. I mean, literally, they come and knock on the door and like, mm-hmm. hey, can we sell stuff out here? So those those are the more fun things, and those are like, like they seem to be. They change, mm-hmm. you know, over time. Um, you know, the Capital Chips was another one of those, mm-hmm. and Nine, and we were like one of the first with Nightingale ice cream. That's the one. And, I was I, and Nightingale is still like we 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 sell a lot, and we have mm-hmm. a good relationship with with. Um, the owner of that, and he's he's just blown up. It's unbelievable yeah. how mm-hmm. how big he's become. But we were like we were literally one of the first. Yeah, first vendors um, there. Yeah, um, I thought I'd, I thought I'd ask about this stuff. Um, and then I mean we you know it's like we do a lot of the chips and salsa. We do mm-hmm. a lot of coffee. Mm-hmm. You know we have pretty much all the local, you know Blanchards and um, Lamplighters called something else now, mm-hmm. and um, the place. Uh, where the Appalachian Journey is, um, Floyd. Um, there's a coffee roaster out of Floyd. Um, I should know all this, but <laughs> it's okay. It's all right. I won't hold them to you. Um, it's okay. Um, but yeah, I thought I'd ask about like okay. something, something there that that stood out to you. Clearly, you don't have to remember all of them. Um, <laughs> uh, what do you take with you on the ride? Say you're doing, we'll differentiate. Um, you're doing the morning roll call ride, right? 30, 40 miles. Like, what do you take with you on your ride? I usually take a bar or two, two water bottles okay. and spares, okay. you know, two CO2 and a pump. Um, now if I'm you're doing pretty minimalistic. These, okay. Um, now, if you're doing one of these 200-mile rides, like is well, it then, still just I mean, more of the same? It's a little more, but it's not like, I mean, I haven't been, well, since June, I haven't been doing but as much. But, I mean, the, like getting up and deciding I'm going to ride to Jamestown and back, it's like, 
at a certain point, it's like it's not a big deal. Like you just like okay, I'm gonna throw four fig bars in my pocket and a couple mm-hmm. more things, mm-hmm. and that's like it doesn't need to be that much more because you can okay. stop at Halps or right. wherever. Right, plenty, plenty of rest. Like if there. if you know the route, mm-hmm. it's it's definitely easier because you know where you can resupply. But mm-hmm. I mean, the only difference in longer rides generally of that type is is food, food mm-hmm. and drink. You know, yeah. so like you. And with the brevets, they typically have control points, and the control points are like They're a Wawa or, okay. uh, or a McDonald's. Or, so you know, like, okay. And so that's always the thing. When you leave a Wawa, like, like this is a control point. The next control point's in 30 miles. Mm-hmm. Okay, I need to have 30 miles worth of stuff. Yeah. So it's always like, you know, you don't, you don't really have to think about, like, oh, I need, 200k worth of food i, right, I need enough the, to get to this to the next, next rest stop. Yeah, yeah and i mean on the longer rides like i typically try to bring like a sandwich mm-hmm. or two like okay. to have some real food so it's like the longer you can go eating real food like i almost never eat i only eat gels mm-hmm. like in races like i never eat gels like ride. Ride. like okay. i'll like fig bars mm-hmm. i'll eat but okay. it's like trying to like the longer the ride, the more you want to try to eat like real food, especially okay. in the beginning when you still can. Um, so you know Thorpe, right? Thorpe, yes. Mm-hmm. So he, you know, he just did gravel whirls and ate like fifty-two gels, and then he mm-hmm. was like, "Oh, I can't eat," and I didn't have enough water. And it's like, I mean, I actually had a conversation with him the morning yeah. of his, and I said, "You need some real food." Yeah. You know, you can't you can't do a seventeen-hour race on gel. I mean, there are probably people that, yeah, that can, can, yeah. But yeah. you have to, like, you have to train yourself to do that. Yeah. Doesn't he like pop tarts or something? He, yeah, he that was that was his thing. Now, it, but anyway, he was for that particular thing. He was he had like fifty two gels. Yeah. It seems that this seems like your body would not be happy about that eventually. No, and yeah. I mean that's with the long, like more of the brevets, but even you know it's like even some of the longer races, you get to a point where you're like, you really don't want to eat and you don't want to drink, but you know you have to. Yeah. You know, so it's, it's very perfunctory. And it's very easy to like, like lose track and like go too long without eating and mm-hmm. or drinking. Mm-hmm. Um, wow. Um, oh, what's something, for someone who might be interested in some of these colossal rides, like what's something you'd want to tell someone about? Like I'm thinking of doing a, a a 200 mile ride like what's something you'd want to tell someone about that well it's make sure you have a good route i mean it's all like that's the, the first thing so okay. like in these organized rides i mean even like an outpost ride mm-hmm. there's like outpost i mean we're in the middle of a series of 200 k mm-hmm. yep but yep. i mean there there's like designated store stops so again like okay you need you know you need to have food to get you from mm-hmm. a to b and b to c you know and when you're at b you know, they're all convenience stores. You can get what you need, yeah. water or Coke or Gatorade, and, you know, whatever your your food of choice is to get you to the next stop. So it's, you know, so it's like if you have routes that people have kind of vetted from, yeah. a, from a, like minimal traffic, places to stop, um, and knowing where you are, you know, know where, you know, so you don't get lost. Yeah. You know, because if, if it's your first whatever, yeah, first hundred mile ride and you get lost and you're like, a hundred miles and you're still 20 miles from home and you hadn't really planned on that like even if you have enough food if you're like i mean there's this sort of mental thing mm-hmm. 
like if you have a wound on your garment, like it tells you how long, yeah, how far you have left. Yeah. And even if you take a detour, that it'll still tell you how far you have left mm-hmm. to get there. So it's like, but if you if you don't have a root and you're just kind of winging it, and then you yeah. end up, you know, just which, you know, it, it's fine if you make a conscious decision to do more. <laughs> but like you don't want to unexpectedly realize, yeah, I'm like I'm dead tired and I still have twenty miles to go. Right. Yeah. So um, I think I mean. And I just happen to, like, I'm not a good root planner, but I, like, Braden's a good root planner, Tim's a good root planner. I mean, these brevets, by definition, mm-hmm. they have, you know, vetted roots. Yeah. I ride with, um, like, in the mountains, most of the rides I've done there have been with Grant, and he mm-hmm. has all these rides. Yeah. I mean, I rode with Grant the weekend before last, and it's like an 80-miler, and there actually were no store stops. I mean, yeah. there was no, but there was water. Mm-hmm. So, but you, like, okay, going in, okay, I need food for six and a half hours mm-hmm. right so i need like i have two sandwiches four fig bars and some other stuff you know i you, you figure out what you need right and then there's distance. places to get water yeah um, um with a with a filter uh i think about the uh the 200 mile the double double uh uh it's the double century on the cap trail that you did and having to pass by your car i don't think i would have been able to like to, to i don't think i would have been able to see my car and then not like I think I'm done. Like I just it's just. Well, I mean, I used to run a little bit, and it yeah. was like whenever I had to do like a ten mile run, and I'm like eight miles in, like you don't want to go like near close. You don't I, like I always wanted to not get too close to the house. Yeah. Because it just makes <laughs> it like it's just too tempting. So mm-hmm. you just like you do a loop, like when we did the 200k on mm-hmm. Saturday night uh, to Jamestown. There was a ranger there, so we couldn't do the loop of James James. Oh, okay, okay. So it's like, okay, well, we need to do whatever it is, six miles. So we actually just did like three miles up the Colonial Parkway and back. Okay, okay. But it's like if we if we had said, oh yeah, we'll get back to Richmond and do six miles around Fountain Lake, it's like, <laughs> yeah, nobody would have done it. You know, you do it like everybody's still like, I mean, they're not fresh, but you're not like you're not exhausted at that yeah. point. So it's like, okay. Right, I'm gonna add a few but miles. It's like, but if you wait till the end, and like, oh yeah, well, let's just do an out and back out River Road, or I mean, a Riverside Drive. Mm-hmm. Everyone's gonna be like, mm. <laughs> right, I'm done, guys. Yeah. Uh, what time did y'all get back from there? Um, uh, just before two. Two in the morning. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So then I rode back home. So I, was, I got home a little after two. And had a sandwich and a beer and a shower. Mm-hmm. Kind of like you're kind of wired, so it's like you know I went to bed about three. Yeah, that seems that seems that seems reasonable. Yeah, it's not. Yeah, it's not hateful. I wasn't like sometimes I. I mean, I've done that before, and I felt super sleepy. Yeah, I mean that's the other thing with those brevets, and I mean, it's like the sleep thing is definitely it's, it's a real, thing. Yeah, because like, I'm I'm an eight hour a night kind of guy generally, yeah. so it's okay. like yeah, if I'm getting, you know, four or five, it's it's not great. It's not great. Okay. Um, I mean, and generally during the day you're fine, but then it's like at two in the morning or so. I mean, your body is like, okay, it's dark. You know, you don't have the whatever <laughs> melatonin or whatever it is. It's yeah. like it's it it can be tough. Yeah. You know? Um. What's something now that you've done all these rides and more rides to come, right? Um. Uh, what's something you would have wanted to tell yourself when you were getting that Bianchi to to do those duathlons? Like, if you could go back show up at the bike shop like what's something you would have like wanted to tell yourself back then 
I think it's all about having like a plan in a um, yeah like a training plan I mean mm -hmm. and you don't even have to be um, I mean you can be very fastidious if you want to be but just like even having a plan like I didn't even have a plan like so it's like in being consistent I mean endurance endurance sports in general and then the longer the event is the more I think it's just it's a matter of like it's like building a wall right you just got to put all the bricks in but you mm -hmm. can't you can't put the top layer in until all the other layers are there right okay, so it's yeah. like so you know it's like like visitors rule of thumb like for paris press paris which is always in august it's like like to do it well like you should have five thousand miles in by by, by time it starts yeah you know i mean which is i mean that's just like a blue sky yeah. rule of thumb i mean mm -hmm. it's different for but it's like but if you start thinking about it, okay well i've got seven months to get 5,000 miles. That's yeah. okay. So that's like eight, 800 miles a month. If you get to February and you haven't been riding, it's yeah. like all of a sudden it's like, oh, I've got three months and yeah, 5,000 miles. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, I'm not going to, I'm not going to be as prepared as I probably should be. Mm -hmm. Can I still get it done? Maybe. Mm -hmm. But, you know, and again, like the more, with things like that, the more prepared you are, the more fun the event is because you're, like you can go, like, you, you you're going at less of your maximum okay right i mean if you if you're doing a race the race isn't going to get easier because you're still going to try to do the race as hard as you can yeah and like that i mean that's my mentality um so but you hopefully can perform better mm -hmm. so i mean that has its own um uh, reward i guess so you really try to get to to, to plan a little bit better do a little bit yeah training. yeah more structure yeah okay i mean and so yeah so the first thing is just like okay like you know doing a 200 mile week and then not riding for a week and then a 50 mile week and then another 200 mile week yeah that doesn't really cut it yeah you know like if you were just doing 150 every week and then making sure you get like one long ride and maybe one interval session every week you know yeah. i mean i mean and some people don't want to do that and that's yep. totally yep. fine but i mean if you want to maximize your performance that's right. the sort of thing yeah you know and if you enjoy doing it i mean that's like i enjoy the riding i mean i mm -hmm. don't always you know like saturday at a certain point when when you're in the rain and it's like you're feeling tired and you're like why am i out here well, i'm out here because i wanted to be out here yeah um, um so you still enjoy it i still enjoy it yeah okay i mean everybody enjoys it when they're done <laughs> you know it's like right, yeah. you know I mean but there's never been like and I'm like okay so right now I'm on the fence about like cyclocross for this year I haven't done it in a couple of years okay like, oh but like I've never done a cyclocross race where everybody has oh that was so hard it was like it's always hard yeah you know it's like there's no like sitting in it's like it's you're going hard the whole time if you're doing it right yeah <laughs> So it's like, okay, is that, I don't know. So that's like, you have to, you, you have to make up your mind if that's what you mm -hmm. want to do or not. Okay. And then, and then make a plan. Yeah. Make a plan. Um, I mean, do you have a plan? <laughs> do you um, have any structure? No. Uh, I ride. I, yeah. For right now, I ride. I will say, if I know I'm going to do a big event that's outside of what I'm already doing, then I will start doing things to prepare for like if i know the only big event i think the thing of is like stormy thunder ridge okay right <clears throat> if i know that's coming up then I'll, I'll start doing some more climbing of some kind you know okay. to, to, to kind of build up to that but otherwise i just i just just kind of ride and let 
the, the ride Which is, I mean, yeah. yeah. I mean, I mean, I think that's the bulk of people that ride. Now, if I was going to do something like these big, big monster rides, that would be different. I think I would, yeah, I would certainly add some, some more structure into it um, kind of thing. Um, I mean, do you, do you like even have like weekly mileage goals? I used to. I used to have mileage goals. Um, and now I don't. I actually ride more often, but I don't ride as long. I used to do bigger rides on the weekends. Um, and now I'll do a big ride on the weekend, but I won't do one Saturday and Sunday as, as, as often. Um, yeah, now it's more of I enjoy riding. I enjoy riding with other groups. I do enjoy a big ride every so often. Um, but in my 2019, I did more big rides. It was 80 miles Saturday, Sunday kind of thing, um, which I still enjoy. I just, I just don't do them as often. Um, but eventually, uh, but, um, Mark, I, I'd like to, to thank you for, for sharing your time, man. Uh, and, and telling your story, um, uh, about the big rides, uh, the, the doing all the riding, um, outpost, um, all that. So I, I appreciate you, uh, finally getting this together. Cause this is what the third time. Yeah. Yeah. The so. rescheduling. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I appreciate that, man. So thank you. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Awesome. Thank you.